0: It's the worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one... One more! That's it. One more! Get it around! No! They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for. Where's the oxygen? They play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this. This. this is the sports loudmouths.
1: Yeah! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here with Errol
0: Marks and Speedy Beatty. You're not even a has been. You're never-was! You're never-was! You're never-was!
2: Never welcome, welcome, welcome to a new show of the Sports Loud Mouths. As you know, I'm Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, ww. SRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy, I had my haircut today. This is the first time in about three years that it's taken me Two weeks to get a haircut. I usually get a haircut wow. every single Thursday, but because of my vacation, I did mm. not get a haircut. You didn't trust in anyone in Florida? No, well, who would it tr- who would you trust over there in Florida? I mean, I don't know specific names. <laughs> I don't know any barbers. I don't know any barbers in in Florida, so I don't trust anybody to touch this wonderful hair that I have. So
3: now, now the real question: you, have any, Would you rather trust a barber, in Florida, or something else
2: to chop your head off, well, or your I, hair off? Well, I, I. I'd rather cut my own hair than have anybody touch my head, especially somebody I don't know. And, and, and I've done this over and over again in Long Island. I have dealt with so many different barbers. Uh, I've gone from different ends of Long Island, from Nassau to the Hamptons to even here in Suffolk County. And I finally found a barber, and my barber has been cutting my hair for seven years. Uh, it's almost impossible to get a haircut from him. Uh, except in the middle of the week. If you can get a haircut in the middle of the week, you're good. If you wait till the weekend, good luck. There's no way you're going to be booking a haircut appointment over there uh, at my barber shop. But uh, happy to have my hair cut, so clean cut. Beautiful and ready to go on this show. Uh, Again, we have a great show lined up for you as every single show that we do. Uh, At 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to Dynasty Nerds writer and podcaster Garrett Price. He's been on our show before. uh, And we went back and forth the last time we were on. Yeah, he he was on for like 45 minutes last time. (laughs) Absolutely. At 11 o'clock, we'll be talking to draft champion host and fantasy baseball analyst, Rotor Doctor. Mr. Zach. So he'll be joining us. Uh, we will get into the Celtics and obviously the Golden State Warriors series as they were booing and screaming out uh, chants for Draymond Green. And Klay Thompson after the game uh, has some interesting things to say about the Celtic fans. Not surprising. Uh, we'll get into the Rangers series as uh, the Lightning and them are having a pivotal Game 5 as we speak right now. Uh, Sterling Marte and Mr. Pete Alonso are going to be out for a few weeks. So that's something new that's going on in the New York baseball world. Uh, Cooper Cup gets an $80 million extension with the Rams. Not surprised. They're trying to nail all their big stars as they did last week with uh, Donald, uh, now obviously their best wide receiver, one of the great wide receivers in this league in Cooper Cup. So congratulations to Cooper Cup. We'll get into that. And what does that mean for the Rams moving forward as far as their salary cap? Um, We will also get into the the Cuckoo of Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Did you guys like that? Yes. <laughs> uh, the cuckoo of Baker Mayfield. As Baker Mayfield has spoken out and said he will take less money if he doesn't have to play for the Browns this year. So, interesting, interesting stuff for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Miguel Anderar wants a trade. So, what do the Yankees do moving forward for Miguel Ahar? And Debo Samuels reports to the 49ers. Not surprising. They're probably going to extend him. Very, very soon, in probably in the next couple of days, and McLaurin and Metcalf don't report don't report to their team. So uh, I almost said repair, and they don't repair their relationship either. Well, I didn't say repair; I said no, repair. But but that is another almost word. So well, y- y- you know, my words are just flourishing to the end zone, okay? So, whatever that means. The end zone. Yeah, the end zone. The I end mean, zone. So DK Metcalf's good over there, just
3: not the rest of the field.
2: What, you don't think I could score a touchdown? No, 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 I'm not <laughs> talking about you. I don't know if I have the speed anymore to score a touchdown. Uh, that's the truth. I mean, I coming you'll off be better surgery, on states than those football absolutely. players would I, I mean, not right now. I'm not 100% healthy. I mean, with my hip surgery and my neck surgery, I'm still healing, so I'm not at 100%. So, I wouldn't race anybody. And, you know, it's so funny... I was at the the gym earlier today, uh, you know, doing my light workouts and stuff like that, trying to get back into the swing of things. Um, And I was telling my, my uncle was telling me that when, you know, as you get older, as the years go by, usually you don't know you're getting old until one day you just wake up and you feel like you're seven years older. And I have never yet felt that way. So I guess I haven't hit that tail end of my life. But he says it usually happens in sometime in your mid 40s. So I am 40 years old. So I'm looking forward to seeing this happen. So he says it happens to everybody. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it happens to you a different way. So uh, I don't know. It is a very interesting thing. I, I don't want to get old, but who wants to get old? I don't think anyone wants to get old. It just happens at some point. I mean, Snug <laughs> might want to get old. I mean, he, the older <laughs> he gets, the more masters and PhDs he gets. so And the more cupcakes
3: he'll get. Well,
2: you like the cupcakes, right? I do like cupcakes, but
3: I don't know what Snug has would in his you, cupcakes.
2: Would you reach out to Snug and ask him to make a certain cupcake for us? You think he would send that? To- I don't know if he can actually mail that to us. Well,
3: no. It, I, it's the same kind of thing. Remember you, when you tried to mail that pizza to one of our guests? That's right. It's, the same, it's the same I kind of thing. I feel bad because I never did. No, I know. You tried to do it in like three different ways or something like yeah. that, and they just wasn't able to transfer it that way. So, I mean, cupcakes aren't hot food like pizza, so it's probably a little easier, but I would imagine it still might be tricky transferring food like that as Slug comes in. LOL, you're almost there. 42 or so. i Slug. Thank Thank
2: you. <laughs> I, I, why does everybody make me out to be older than what I really am? I mean, seriously, I just turned forty and already almost forty-two. I mean, seriously. And eventually, you know, my uncle makes a joke all the time: uh, you're, "You're you're hitting, you're almost clearing 50. I mean, how am I clearing fifty when that's ten years away? Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. <laughs> Split in half of forty-five, then you're. Then but you're I will say, starting the radio station in two thousand thirteen. Uh, Really, nine years has gone very, very fast. It mm. really has. It goes – it just slowly but surely just moves forward and forward. It, 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 it's, it, it's, it's like a heartbeat. It, it just ticks, 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 ticks away. So that's what life is. It just ticks away. So anyways.
3: Snug says, I would love to send you the cupcakes, but I feel like I would just eat them on the way to the post office. Yes, you probably would. And Ben responds, it's it's not 43. Well, <laughs> The one-year age difference.
2: There we go. Well, again, we are always working on our ages, and what I mean by working on our ages is we like to lie about our ages. So, and right heights. now Right now, being that I'm 40 years old, I am going to admit that I'm only 31. So, or you could lie about your height like Kevin Durant does. That's true. So I'm going to be 31. From now on, I am not 40 years old. <laughs> I'm 31. Nice. So if you want to ask me my age, I am 31 again. So there you go. So I've got a couple more years left to before, before I'm 40. So that would be nine more years until I'm 40. There you go. So there you go. And so in working. reality, we celebrated your 31st birthday. 31st birthday. It was just that's right. disguised as number 40. It, it, that's right. I was just, <laughs> it was disguised as my number 40. But uh nevertheless, I look better than half the forty year olds out there anyways, so <laughs> Snug I, mean, says
3: I go any other way. I tell everyone I'm sixty nine, uh, so they say I, I look
2: great. <laughs> I know I know why you like the number sixty nine, Snug, so thank you. <laughs> anyway, Speedy doesn't even know what sixty nine means. But I
3: know I- it's I know it's a weird joke and I, I know what it's about and I don't wanna know. That says my my D L says six foot one. Yeah. And Jeff says, Garrett Cole stinks. You can't convince me otherwise. Dude gave up four home runs and
2: two innings. Okay. So he had one bad game. The, the Yankees could still win this game, by the way. But nevertheless, Garrett Cole is not pitched very well in this game. In, in the last three games, he's given up no runs. So I guess he. Uh, it all matches out to this uh, fourth straight game. And he gives up a significant amount of home runs. Anyways. Uh, buy Speedy the book already. <laughs> you know, Josh, how about this? For Speedy's birthday. Speedy, when's your birthday? July 26th. July 26th. We'll buy him the book and then we'll buy him something else, Josh. You know who I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about. I mean, he's going to be 27 years old. He-, he needs a little fun. So we'll figure that out as we move forward. July Twenty sixth. So that's not that far apart, man. You're 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 getting close, man. You're you're gonna you're almost reaching thirty. That's crazy, man. Yes, I'm I only... remember when you came to the network. I think you were like 22. When
3: I came, I was 20. I was yes, I was no, I was t- I was turning 22 the next week. You know, I was actually 21 at the time. I, my birthday was actually five days away because I actually came in my first day when we did the trial. The trial run was July 21st, so my birthday right. was five I days later. That. I remember that because it was my that's my cousin's birthday, and so we went to their house after to and celebrated. Then we left. Right after. <laughs> so I, I remember it well because it just happened to be his
2: birthday too. So what is Jeff saying? I, all right, you're in, Josh. Okay, so we're gonna- we're going to do this for Speedy. What, what What is Jeff saying over here? I don't
3: think it's a book he needs. You're going to need one of those dolls that use in court and point things out to him. <laughs> and Snug says, well look, at, well, look at the positive. Garrett Cole is good at throwing batting practice. He's totally worth the money.
2: Well, thank you, Snug. Uh, thank you for your info and great, superb information. Thank you. Um, so why don't we get into the Celtics series, which, you know, I watch bits and pieces of game number three. And, and, and I will say this. The Boston Celtics in the paint have been so dominant defensively throughout the playoffs, and even without Williams. And and Williams is a big part of this defense, obviously. What does he call him? Lob Williams? Lobbert Williams. Lobbert Williams. That's what what Jeff is calling him. What's impressive about the Boston Celtics is not the fact that they're an all-around offensive team. It's that they're an all-around defensive team perimeter defending team. And and to me, what I have seen in this series more than anything is that this young team, and this is a very good young team in the Celtics, have figured out how to stop the talented offensive style of game of the Golden State Warriors. And another thing that I saw throughout this uh, early in this series is that as much as Steph Curry Has been dominant throughout the playoffs. Even dominant in this series. He's averaging almost, what, 28 points a game. He's been sensational. They have kept everybody else around him at bay. And to me, that is the most important thing. Because you can have, and we've seen this year in and year out, even with LeBron James. LeBron James went to eight or nine NBA NBA championships, and he only won three. And, and, and when you look at LeBron James, LeBron James gets his points. LeBron James gets his assists. He gets his rebounds. But nobody else around him does. And, and to me, that is the most important thing. If you can hold everybody else at bay, you can win that series. And that's what I've seen so far in this series. Paul hasn't had a very good series. You look at all these offense. Clay Thompson has not had a good series. Now, all these guys can figure things out and they can obviously score in game number four and game number five and maybe get the Golden State Warriors back in the series and as well as they can because they're a prolific offensive team. But the way they've guarded in the paint has been absolutely amazing. It really has. And, and, and you look at the defensive style of game that they play in Tatum and Jalen Brown. I am not a Jalen Brown fan. Everybody that knows me And follows this show, knows I never liked Jalen Brown. I remember when he was drafted, and Mike and me were partners on this show. And he hated Jalen Brown, too. But as he progressively grew, Mike says, you're going to regret what you say about Jalen Brown. I never thought that I would. But as Jalen Brown has grown as an NBA player, he's gotten better and better and better and better. Offensively, he's just... When he came into the league... He was more of a defensive sound player. He oh, wasn't, he was
3: really bad offensively. He,
2: he was a raw offensive player. Yeah. But what he has become as an offensive player has been absolutely special. And and even though Jason Tatum shows up in some games and disappears in some other games, it always seems that Jalen Brown hides the deficiencies of this offense when Tatum is not on when other players can't score. So I got to give Jalen Brown a lot of credit because Jalen Brown has been sensational throughout this playoffs. On, and I think he's one of the best two-way basketball players throughout the playoffs, Speedy, that we have seen. I would say his diff- defense has
3: been a big difference in this series when you look at... The wing players for Golden State not being able to get it going. You talked about Clay Thompson. Now, he was struggling much of the playoffs. It wasn't just this series. He really hasn't done well since, really, that first uh, or second game, one of the games against Dallas. He's had a rough go of it. But Jordan Poole was the best player for Golden State for pretty much up until the end of the Mavericks series. He was dominating even more than Steph Curry. Remember, Steph Curry came off the bench in the first series against Denver, and then he had to ease his way back in. Jordan Poole was the best player in the Grizzlies series. He was the best player for a portion of the Mavericks series, and then Steph Curry kind of took over after that. So, the, the defense of the Celtics, the Wings, have really been able to take it out, and finally, the rebounding and the lack of size for Golden State finally got exposure. I thought there would be an issue for them in other rounds. It wasn't, and it seemed like Golden State was still being Being able to rebound with their wings and being able to rebound with their guards. And that just hasn't happened against the Celtics. The Celtics guys have smart, even smart guys off the bench like Williams. Those guys have rebounded too. And that's been a big difference. Second chance points that Golden State isn't getting. And they were not getting in Game Three, so the Celtics' defense, and especially Jalen Brown's defense, has really been a big factor. Also, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, if they do have their bad games, it's not together, and that that hasn't happened yet for the Celtics, like I did in did I think it was Game Three against Miami. That hasn't happened yet in this series, too. That's why every game so far has been close. And even though the Warriors are prolific in the third quarter, they, the Celtics only limited them outscoring them by eight, and that was a big difference.
2: There are two stats that really stood out in game number three, and what's really st- stood out throughout the playoffs. Field goal percentage, really throughout the playoffs, the Celtics have been beating and dominating field goal percentage. 48% in game number three to the, the Golden State Warriors, 46%. Mm. And offensive rebounds has been so dominant. And, and that's the thing about the Celtics. The Celtics have always been a good rebounding team. They're a bigger team. They're a stronger team than the Golden State Warriors, as we've seen throughout the playoffs. They out-rebound the Miami Heat. Who would have thought that the Celtics yeah. were going to out-rebound the Miami Heat? A very good rebounding team. One of the best rebounding teams in the NBA. One of the top three rebounding teams throughout the NBA. They also outplayed them throughout the season the Milwaukee Bucks. So you, you look at this Boston Celtic team. This has been a great run for them. And if they can knock off the Golden State Warriors, that would be very, very special. But what stood out to me so far, what stood, is standing out to me so far in this series is Boston has been out shooting the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors, who are a great three-point shooting team. Look at this. In game number three, There were 15 for 40 at the three-point line. That just doesn't get it done, especially when the Celtics are 13 for 35, which is 37, uh, 37.1% mm-hmm. at, the, uh, at the three-point line. So uh, you, you look at both of them statistically, and, and you, you look at where you're trying to compare the Celtics to the Golden State Warriors, especially the Golden State Warriors, are a very good offensive team, probably one of the more prolific offensive teams we've seen in a very long time, and they're not getting it done around the three-point line. They're not going to win. And, and we've seen that. And that's why the Celtics has been dominant uh, in the first three games in the series. And I, everybody says, well, Golden State should have been 2-0, and especially going into the fourth quarter in game number one at up 10. Listen. It doesn't matter what happens going into the fourth quarter. It's how you finish. And the Celtics have been the finishing team in this series. Yeah,
3: they may be the legendary third quarter team, Golden State. They have not looked good in the fourth quarter at all. Uh, Jeff says, Bleed Green. Snug says, how about the greatness and greed? Yes, it was a glorious win for the Celtics in Game 3. Williams has been great. Jeff says, Lobbert. Jalen Brown is great. You were wrong again, Earl. Season 5. And Snug says, well, Marcus Smart (laughs) isn't a top 10 defender either. And now Jeff has arrived.
2: What's up, Jeff? All
0: praise, Lobbert Williams. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All praise, Lord Lobbert.
0: That's right. Time Lord, Lobbert Williams. Lord. <laughs> that's right. Do you realize uh, the Celtics last night had more offensive rebounds than the Warriors had total rebounds?
3: Mm, I believe it. The way it looked, it really looked that bad. Golden State could not get a second chance opportunity if they tried.
0: Unbelievable. And they're dominating in the paint. The Celtics are too big for them. Who do they, Who like, just honestly, Daniel Tice might not be great, but he's their third option and he's not even really playing. So their big right. men are Horford and Lavert Williams, okay? Who's going to stop them? Come on, Mooney stinks. And Draymond Green, for as good of Undersized. a player as he is, isn't big enough. Exactly, Speedy. He's not big enough to, to contain them. The Celtics on the paint, and when they can do that, their perimeter defense shines, absolutely shines. You know that 15th or 20th best defensive player in the league, Marcus Smart? He's amazing.
2: Well, I, I, again, the Celtics have played very well defensively, and we expected this series to be a defensive, offensive series, and, and the Golden State Warriors are not too shabby defensively either. It's just I think what, what we've seen so far in this series is really – uh, a dominance in the paint for the Boston Celtics. And that, uh, if you can only score on the outside and you know as a team that that's what you need to do is keep them on the outside. Try to let them beat you on the outside. If they can't beat you in the paint, well, you're not going to win games. And we've seen this. And the Golden State Warriors have been an outside shooting team uh, throughout this series. And if you can't get in the paint, you can't rebound, and you can't do the things that you need to do as a team to dominate a team that is a very good uh, team to get into the paint, especially Draymond Green keeps complaining about uh, the way uh, the way the crowd is chanting his name and even <laughs> Clay Thompson at the end of the yep. game. And we'll get into that in just a few moments on what he which has is said, hola-
0: which is a hilarious thing, right? Can you imagine Draymond being upset about obscenities being yelled because his family is there? And then did you happen to see his post game presser with his kids sitting next to him? And the reporter goes, how'd you play tonight? And he goes like shit.
3: Oh, that's hypocrisy at its finest.
0: (laughs) One hundred percent. Oh, Oh, my family's here to see, and then you're gonna say I played like shit. Well, again, I mean, what a joke. How soft do you have to be, right? Because this is the funny thing. Didn't he just, com- like, complain about, oh, you? I would have dominated in the 80s. You people would get bullied. And then he's crying because someone's bullying him. He's the beaver of the NBA.
2: <laughs> <laughs> again, it, it, the Golden State Warriors have been a three-point shooting team in this, in, in, in this series. And if they continue doing that and they can't get into pain and they can't score in the pain – Th- this series is going to be over in probably six. I, I The don't... problem
0: is, the problem is shooting runs out, right? Like they, they, yes. they are a great shooting team. I am taking Fantastic. nothing away from that. They're Fantastic. a great shooting yeah. team, but it's streaky. They get really hot and then they'll miss a bunch of shots. And when the three pointers aren't falling, if you can't get points in the paint, you're going to struggle.
2: And they have been, and and it's all about tempo. Basketball is all and, about tempo, and and, and yeah.
0: Is there a better rim protector in the league? Show me one better rim protector in the league than Lobbert Williams.
2: <laughs> and there we go. Well, There's got like Jeff.
0: 20, what's he got, like 20 blocks through three games?
3: <laughs> Stuck says, I think Earl is secretly enjoying cheering for the Celtics. No. I'm pretty sure Mikey C. converted him. No. <laughs> ha, 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 glorious. All praise, Lord Lobbert Williams.
0: That's right. Lord, time Lord Lobbert Williams.
2: Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for calling. <laughs>
0: Gary <Garrett> Cole sucks.
2: <laughs> Jeff, everybody.
3: <laughs> That's the guy that with think Garrett Cole sucks. <laughs>
2: uh, well, why? Because he had one bad game. I mean, like seriously, what is the score of this game? What is the score of the Yankee game that he's having such a heart attack about? I mean, I, th- I knew I know it was six three, and by the way, the Rangers scored, so it's one nothing Rangers. And by the way, Jeff. I called that the Rangers were gonna score the first goal and of course the Bees probably having a heart attack right now that they scored. Uh, so.
3: twins are up seven to five right now in the top of the fifth. The Yankees have no outs right now.
2: There you go. And it's, uh, who cares if Garrett Cole sucks. If the Yankees win and he has a throws a bad game, what does it matter? And by the way, Josh, I told you the Rangers were gonna score that was a bad goal by Vasilowski. That was a really bad goal. So Well yeah. That was a really, really bad goal. They didn't even think it was going in. That went. I, I don't. Think, yeah, it's one Waffle of those saw side again. Right. I,
3: I think it's one of those. Like he didn't expect him to shoot it because it was such a bad angle.
2: No, he saw it. it and just, it's Lingren too. He doesn't shoot much. He saw it. He wasn't even screened. That just went. Right no, I know in. that.
3: I think it was one of those timing things. He wasn't expecting Lingren to shoot. It was such a bad angle. Lingren doesn't shoot much anyway because he's more of a defensive defenseman. Like he has a hard shot, but he doesn't shoot often. So I think it was just one of those blindsided ones for Vasilevsky. Mm. And yes, definitely what he should have saved in any other circumstance.
2: Yeah, and you know, Ranger fans are probably jumping for joy, a.k.a. Josh. Well, well I, Josh, Josh thought the Rangers were going to lose this game. I already said the Rangers will win this game. The Rangers will win game five. They'll lose game six, and then it's going to be all open. It will be all open for game number seven. So that's what I expected to happen. I, I, he was screened, but okay. He was not screened, Jeff. He wasn't. But yeah, I,
3: I thought lightning is six at first. Now I'm, the way the game one happened, now I'm thinking seven as well.
2: I think it's seven games, and I, I think it will go seven. It'll go back to Madison, Square Garden, and we'll see who's the better team. You know, that, that's what happens. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers go to the Stanley Cup final. I don't think anybody's beating the Avalanche. I really don't. I I really don't. I and I yes, the Avalanche is. They're going to get a lot of time to rest and all days, that. Is, yep. And and that's a lot. We've seen this before. If a team sits out too long. Their legs are, you know, well, what is it? You did it. What? Did, yes, I did it. Well, I don't know what "you did it" means, but <laughs> whatever. I, I, I did call. You did him. something. I don't know what he meant, but uh, Josh texts me, "You did it." But good, thank you, Josh.
3: I, I'm trying to figure
2: out if that's in even in a
3: positive or negative light that know. he that he's saying you did it. You, you did it like, oh, you uh, you boosted the forward, or you did it like he's going to blame you if they lose or something. I don't no, know. No,
2: I I think the Rangers, and honestly, I picked the Rangers to win this series. I did at the starter, after game one, after game one, after game one, okay, I thought the Rangers were going to win the series i actually, after game number two, I thought the Rangers were going to win the series, and i I still think that they st- even though the lightning came back and it 's two two there 's just something about the lightning that I just don 't like and i and, and even though the, this isn 't the same lightning team that played the New York Islanders, okay? right that was a better lightning team the last two years. That, that was just a better team, and right. most of their most of their current
3: core that was intact from pretty much twenty fifteen on when they really started dominating the way they did. Getting to the conference finals all those times and then winning the two Stanley Cups, a lot of that core had to be traded. So it's a lot of new players, a couple of veterans mixed in there. They trade for Brandon Hagel to trade deadline. Nice player, but doesn't isn't as familiar with the system as somebody like Yanni Gord or Tyler Johnson. Mm. And same thing I kind of thing with Corey Perry. Like they can replenish the veterans, but again, how d- directly does he fit? So it's still kind of new in that sense, and still they've gotten this far and it proves that the system oh, well, works. They have,
2: uh, they have Kucherov, they have Stamkos, they have Hedman. I mean, they have Vazilovsky, who's one of the best uh, goaltenders in the NHL. Even though he hasn't looked that good in this series, by the way, and, and Tampa right now is on a power play. We'll see if they can tie this game. But Tampa hasn't looked good in the power play in this series. They the Rangers penalty
3: penalty kill has been really strong, even going back to the the Carolina series too. They haven't allowed a power play goal, I think, since since game two of that series.
2: Yeah, the the, the, the Lightning power play has not been good in this series. So. Right. Uh, they've been good on five and five. They've been better than Rangers yes. five and five. Yes, they but have. Uh, The Rangers have been a better power play team. They're better with the man advantage, and you've seen the difference of this uh, of this series. But uh, again, uh, you know, it's to me, it's the battle of the goaltending. And if if and everybody thought that if Sisterkin outplays Vasilowski, the Rangers could win this series. I, and I, I think the next series is not going to be about goaltending. I, whoever plays the 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 Avalanche, it's all going to be it's it's who's going to score. Who's going to score more goals? Yeah, that
3: one I think will be more defined on defensive depth more than anything else because they both have the same kind of prolific young guy with McCarr and Fox. And then they both have other young guys that are pretty good rounding out their defense with Byram for Colorado who was a fourth overall pick, same as the, in the Capo draft. And the Rangers have that with Keandre Miller was a first-round pick. And they also have a couple of veterans mixed in. So they're well, very similar. Well, we don't know if the built. Rangers are going to be there. But... Well, I know that. But and then in Tampa's case, they have that kind of thing too. Hedman's that elite guy. And then they have a lot of young guys after that with Ruda and Chernak and Sorgachev that are kind of similar to those types. So Colorado is not going to be the goaltending defying type thing, but they've also done well managing their goaltending too, mm-hmm. which could make it harder for a thing to be able to game plan for, because the weakness of Fransu is going to be different than the weakness of Kemper. So it could be kind of one of those things where their game plan, like you we were saying with the lightning and, the Rangers big ball game plan Kemper's for is going to
2: play in that series. Yeah. Uh there are stories that he if he gets enough time of rest, he could start in game number 1. Right. So uh and and we already know that uh Kadri is probably not playing in that series. So yeah. which it definitely is a loss to them because he had 29 goals. Uh, throughout the regular season, or 28 goals, and he yep. was one of their better uh, offensive players in the playoffs. Faceoff guy too, and it actually is, has some good size for like
3: a physical type center too, which could, would definitely help in either one of these instances too. With the Rangers being kind of undersized in their third line, the Lafreniere's hit a little bit, but he's not really the center. Heedle's played more center. And then Tampa as well, their their depth doesn't go for big players as much either. So Nazem Kadri could have been that size guy to be more physical against that kind of matchup too, where the avalanche was thought of as the team that didn't have enough offensive depth comparatively to the lightning. And now they've solved that issue a lot more this season. That was always something that held them back in previous years, especially against Vegas last year.
2: And with the Rangers in this series, I expect this to go games uh, to a Game 7. I think both teams are very evenly matched. I, I, the only thing about the Lightning that they have looked in this series, they've looked old. They've looked slow and old. They're not as fast as, like I said, they're not as fast as they were against the Islanders the last back-to-back seasons in the Eastern Conference Finals. They really weren't. And 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 listen, that doesn't take away what the Rangers have done in this series. And I'm not going to say that the Rangers... Have, they're they're not as good as the Islanders have were the last two years. But listen, Ranger fans never gave the Islanders any credit when when the Islanders did it back to back years. And I'm giving the Rangers credit because I think the Rangers could win this series. And I know Ranger fans should be very excited about that because I it might you might not see this for a very very long time. It's not easy to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, even if you lose against the Avalanche. This is. Uh, a, a significant story for New York fans yep. to see a New York team go to the, all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, one of the hardest trophies to win, yeah, and um, I think the last time the Rangers have been to a Stanley Cup Finals was against the l a Kings, which they lost four games to one if i 'm not mistaken yep.
3: and they should, yeah they, should, they were blowing every lead imaginable the first two games they they won game three, and then that was it after that
2: I mean, as a ranger fan, some of these young players like Keto and. Uh, Kako and and obviously lafaer they've been all sensational in this series, and obviously Adam Fox, who's been you know otherworldly worldly in the, in throughout the playoffs i mean he's he's scored more he's had more points in a playoffs only really all the way to the eastern conference finals. he has more points than any defenseman's had throughout a playoff in in history. So that by itself is sensational, and if he does go to the Stanley Cup Finals, I mean he's got to got he's he's gonna have more chances to get more points. So, I it's it's a sensational story, and and listen, the Rangers have pieces that the Rangers could be good for many many years. I mean, having a great goaltender. Having a good, you know, a top-end defenseman and, and having some players like Lafreniere and Kako and, 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 and the different players that they have growing right in front of our eyes, you should be excited if you're a Ranger fan.
3: In terms of the Lightning, I want to go back to what you were saying about the team speed. Yes, they're going to be a little slower than they were last year just because they're a little older. But I will say the perspective of it is a little different when the Rangers' team speed is still very good and always has been good even with when their players were young. The Islanders, as, as talented of a team they were, one thing they weren't really known for collectively was team speed in terms of the, all the lines. Like, Barzal's, obviously the, one of the fastest skaters in the league, but their raw That's team they speed... they really have. Yeah, yeah, their raw team speed, I think, was ranked 28th out of 31 teams last year. It wasn't what they were known for. And the other thing, Tampa is still known for great stick speed, too. You look at the the goal at the end of Game 3 that won the game for Tampa. That was a brilliant pass that is natural to their system in a lot of ways. Their sticks... Their stick speed, their passing speed, they're very creative with that still, too. And their stick handling, even with their older players, is still strong, where they've still made that work in the system, even losing some of the overall raw speed that Stamkos used to have more in his peak. Kucherov had probably two years ago before he had all those injury issues. He's still fast, but it's not as much of a team speed as much as a stick speed now. But I would
2: still say they still have a really good amount of team speed, too. And and Igor Shostakov has been sensational in this series. He's been sensational. Really, ever since the last three games of the Carolina series, he and, and, and every, everything that I said about him in, in, in the first series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which he was being outplayed by a third-string goalie, and anybody that says that he wasn't, well, I don't know what the hell you were watching, and I don't want to hear it from the Beeve <laughs> or Tyler saying that he still played well. I don't care if he has 80 shots. If you're giving up five goals and you're getting pulled two out of the the six games that he played or seven games that he played, that's not good. Okay? Especially when you're up for a Hart Trophy as an MVP candidate and eventually a trophy winner where you're the best goalie in the NHL. So – Uh, And he's probably winning that award. So you sit here today. If you're a Ranger fan, you should be excited. If the Rangers could go to Tampa uh, up uh, three games to two for game number six and have a chance to knock off the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Stanley Cup two-time champion in a row, I mean, that's something that you should be proud of as a Ranger fan. And even if the Rangers... Even if the Rangers don't win this series, you should be very proud of the New York Rangers because of what they did. And as much as I thought that Chris Drury was a joke when they decided to part ways with John Davidson, uh, I I have to give him a lot of credit because he made some really good acquisitions in the, uh, at the trade down line. Adding Andrew Kopp was a f- uh, fantastic. Justin Braun, another good move by him, and then you know bringing in Frank Vetrano, who's been fantastic as well. So. Uh, you bring in those three players and, and some of these young players developing like Braden Schneider and uh, Adam Fox and, and and obviously Miller. This this team has been fun to watch. I also like the fact that
3: those guys, the trade deadline acquisitions in particular with vitrano and Kopp, I think elevated the play of the young guys too. I don't know if they would have had the same level of confidence to play as well as they have without those guys really impacting him at the end of the season. Because Kopp was playing with those young guys a lot at the the, when they first got there, and same kind of thing with Fertrano, as they tried to ease him into Gallant's system, they were playing a lot with the young guys, and I think it elevated their confidence of Kako to play better towards the end of the year. Not necessarily points-wise like they have in the playoffs, but to get the confidence to play good fundamental hockey. And now you're seeing it with other aspects of their game growing too. Philip was not known as a great pure goal scorer throughout his career. He was a good playmaker. He could score on occasion and was a good upside prospect. But still, it wasn't something that he was known for. Lafreniere is actually playing physical hitting and good defense in this in this playoffs too, which is not something that he's known for. And I think those guys have rubbed, up, rubbed off on him in a positive way and that's a good sign for them too. Also I think too the way that the Rangers have won too being able to come back both in games and in series and bounce back well is something that is not easy to be able to teach a young team right away to be able to do it as quickly and as I guess you could say drastically as they have.
2: And also some of the players that really have showed up as well are some of the under under presented or under voiced players like Kevin Rooney who has played well in this series. Mott, who's yep. played well in this series. Guys that you're, you know, Tyler Mott, who has been a very important factor, not only in this series, but the Carolina series when yep. he got hurt. He was a big part of the success for the New York Rangers, especially on their power play and penalty killing. So, uh, he's been fun to watch. I mean, this team has been very fun to watch, and that's something that you have to say if you're a Ranger fan, to say, you know what, at least you have something to look forward to in the future. And, and again, Chris Drury, Made some acquisitions at the trade deadline that really changed uh, the thoughts of where they thought the team was going to be this year. And, and listen, the Rangers were playing well all the way in the trade deadline, but they they were missing that. I guess that uh, that nasty side to them. And Vetrano has given them that nasty side. They really he really has. Not he's fought he's fought once in this uh, this series. Uh, he's he's putting in he's putting. I think ever since he's, he was traded from from the Florida Panthers, I, I think he had like eight he goals. He had 5
3: goals in his first two games with or three games with the Rangers and then I think he finished it the regular season with eight goals as a Ranger and he's scored goals and big goals in the playoffs too. And he's played better defensively, which is not known not what he's normally known for as the as the playoffs have gone along and he's provided a spark as well to some of the top six guys that have struggled at certain points during the playoffs, too. Vitrano Toronto was never thought of as a top six guy really with Florida either and kind of elevated himself and elevated certain other players to do that. And
2: some of the young defensemen have really shown up for the New York Rangers. I just saw, I just mentioned Schneider and Fox, Miller, I mean, and, and even Linggren, who, I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. Ryan Lindgren, He he scored some important goals, even in the Carolina series. Uh, he's not a goal scorer. He really isn't. He's not a guy that you expect to score. But throughout the playoffs so far, he's been a big piece to where this team is, especially the being the nasty, one of the nastier defensemen on this roster. So I, I think that the, if you're a Ranger fan, again, you should be very excited for what this team is going to be. Now, again, I was talking to Josh Silverberg, and, and Josh's father was saying, uh, the, the other day to him saying that cherish the moments that this team is in the playoffs because you don't know when they're going to get back here. And, 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 and the last time the Rangers were back in this situation was when they, they, when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, when they played the L.A. Kings. And by the way, uh, who scored here? I'm trying to find out. Uh, Tampa scored. <laughs> Tampa scored. It was uh, Sergachev. Like. Yep, It was him. And l- Listen. I I, I, I said that the Rangers were going to score first. I also believed that Tampa was going to score. I expect this to be a low-scoring game. Oh, he was screened. He didn't even see it go in. Both goals were bad wow. for, both, for that, both goalies. That's a really tight window he was able to get that
3: through. That's a pretty impressive accuracy shot for Sergeyev. Well, he
2: didn't. He just threw it at
3: the net. No, I know that, but still, it's, it's pretty hard to do. That but went right in. He there, were, there were like six players in the general vicinity of that, not including Shisterkin. So Yeah, Shosturkin, it was kind of bad on his part, but I think that's a really impressive shot accuracy-wise for Chev. Yes, he was throwing it at the net, but precision
2: and pretty pretty good aim. Well, Josh's right father's in. a Bruin fan. Yes, and... Uh, and Josh, t- Josh's father told him to cherish the moments that the Rangers are here because you don't know where they're going to be. They're going to be back in the, the Easter Conference Finals. And as an Islander fan, we saw back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. And they were a shorthanded goal from making the playoffs, I mean, making the finals. And maybe even knocking off the Montreal Canadiens like the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year. Because let's be honest, the Montreal Canadiens had no business being in the Stanley Cup Finals. But, uh, you know, a shorthanded goal, and I, too many men on the ice with that shorthanded goal, which yeah. we've talked about plenty of times. Uh, it cost the Islanders. But the Islanders couldn't score. The Rangers have been a better goal-scoring team in the playoffs. Right. We've seen that. And and when you have, got, you know, you have a team that can actually put the puck in the net, well, you can compete with some of these go- uh, high-scoring, uh, dominant teams, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though they're not the same team they once were when they played the Islanders back-to-back years. So this is a different team, but they still have guys like... Uh, uh, Kucherov and Stamkos and Vasilovsky and and even Brady Point, who's not played in the series. great unknown. (laughs) And the Rangers have been very lucky. To not play Brady Point because he's been their best player really throughout the season. But
3: so. they've also done well and not take it for granted like uh, Florida did the round before either. Yes. Uh, so, so stick speedy and stick depth are both very important. I have no idea what that means. Mm-hmm. Chris Drury and I enjoy performing in local dinner theaters. Mm. Chris is a good actor and a bit of a diva. And He's probably hmm. right. Hmm. I, know,
2: I know Chris from playing USA Hockey with yeah. him.
3: Hmm, maybe Josh's father is the sources of the rumors that he hears.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely possible. I, I will say this: I, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to be good. I, I didn't think he was going to be a guy that was going to put this team together the right way. I've been very impressed, very impressed with the way he put this. He brought Ryan Reeves in, uh, and and the trades that he made at the trade deadline made a lot of sense. And then bringing Goudreau, who yes. hasn't played really that much in this series because yeah. he can't, he hasn't been two healthy. different injuries. Yeah, he hasn't been healthy, but. I'm sure Goudreau has given the Rangers some information about this team and yep. how to beat them. And, and, and he knows, uh, you know, he played with Stamkos and Kucherov for so many years, and he knows Vasilowski. I'm sure he was telling, you know, he was telling some of the players where to put the puck in the net. So, yeah. You know, it, yeah, it's no, been it, fun.
3: it definitely has. We we talk about it in reverse a lot of the time with the Lightning having all these X-Rangers, and then Carolina last round having a lot of these X-Rangers. But the the other way around is Barclay Goodrow, a veteran guy, too, knows a lot of these bottom pair guys that he could help even the their fourth line, their third line play better.
2: No, and 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 again, watching watching this series, it's it's a battle of two teams that uh, wh- whichever goalie plays better is going to win and uh, and Vasilevsky has been the best goalie in the league for the last 5 6 years uh, and and Shestarkin was the best goalie in the league this year so you have two great russian goaltenders and there's there's plenty of good russian goalies in the NHL. And I think the best goalies are, you know, in the NHL are Russian. Bobrovsky being one of them. Volomov. Uh, he was great for the last couple of years until this year. Uh, Sorokin from the Islanders is is a great goalie. Samsonov. I mean, who's the, who's the kid from Calgary? Uh, well, he's, uh, he's not
3: Russian. Markstrom. Uh, I
2: thought he was. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, uh, he's. Um, I think he's Swedish. Swedish. Yeah,
3: he's Swedish. But they've they've had a good, they've had a good run of goalies too, and uh, Finland getting it too now pekka Pekarinen once that whole ripple Pecorine, effect started. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they got they, they, both those countries have gotten a good amount of them. But yeah, Russia definitely has the uh, best L- L- ones right now with the uh, with the I guess more of the size goalies. I think yeah. th- that's taken over. They want bigger goalies in the league today, fast There's...
2: and very athletic goalies yeah. too. I mean, I, you watch Sorokin Sh- with the splits, uh, and and even Shostarkin. All these guys are doing these splits. Fazalaki has done a couple of splits in this mm-hmm. series. These guys are very, uh, they have great reflexes. And, and, and I, I guess you could say they're, uh, what do they call it? Uh, cat-like reflexes. I don't even say cat-like reflexes. <laughs> That's what a lot of the announcers say. So I just, cat-like, just, cat-like, <laughs> cat-like reflexes. <laughs> uh, it's, not- it's the Post with the show. <laughs> Who's that?
3: <laughs> Snug I said. should
2: be a play-by-play guy. You know?
3: Yes. Uh, Josh says, no, definitely not. I guess he's shutting down the father rumors.
2: Yeah, that's mean. I'm sure
3: your father Slug. will miss Frank Petrano. Uh, Snug says, sometimes you throw it at the
2: net and it slides right in giggity. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Petrano goes back to the, the Boston, Boston Bruins next year. I mean, he's a free agent, so he can go wherever he wants and I, I, especially what he has done in the playoffs and what he's done for the Rangers ever since he's been traded, there'll be teams lining up for Vetrano. He's a good player. He's a guy, He's a good third-line player. If you need a third-line player that can put the puck in the net and actually be a nasty player, Vetrano's the type of guy that you need. Also, Cobb, who has yes. been very, very good, I, too.
3: I, I beg the Rangers to have to resign him because I don't think there's a player like him in terms of the all-around game in that, in that second, I, I would say second through fourth-line groupings because he's a... Unique guy Are they gonna could... have
2: the money. That's the yeah, that,
3: that's the question. But I think in terms of prioritizing it, I would prioritize it a little more over Strom and some of the other free agents caco. that they have. Yeah, Kako was... You won't take Kako over him? Well, uh, upside-wise, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the player type more than the overall potential so player. So think you will a choice between Kako... I, I think they'll end up going for both of them just because... I, I, don't, I don't think, think Kako's going to be a
2: lot of money. But that's why there'll be other teams interested in capital. It's
3: Kong. possible, yeah. I, I, I'm i fine with them signing him, and then, again, if he still ends up not
2: developing the way he should, then they could trade him for the potential upside-type thing. But, but what happens if a team steps in and says, you know what, we'll give you an extra million, we'll give you an extra two million? Yeah, that's that's where the Rangers... Josh take him. Yeah, that I remember that.
3: Yeah, that, they're gonna they have to make the tough decision there too. I just don't know if it'll be as much money. Same kind of thing with Cop. I think the the value of what they traded him for. I don't know if it'll represent in terms of the salary, the overall salary he'll get. Where. I just think the ve- well rounded player he is values a lot more, even if, say, Strom has more of the points. Ryan Strom stinks. Okay. I, I, yeah, I've had my issues with him in the past he too. Stinks.
2: Ex Islander. I remember when the Islanders drafted. Yeah, he,
3: he was he's been he's been steadily good in terms of play with Panarin and passing well. He misses the net a lot though. <laughs> Who
2: wouldn't play good with Panarin? I mean, you could play good with Panarin. Panarin's one of the best <laughs> Panarin's one of the best passers in a league. Okay? And I mean you could get on the, I could definitely get on the ice and put the puck in the net if Panarin's passing to me and I I haven't been on the, you know I haven't played uh hockey like that in in probably 10 12 years mm. and I and I was a great hockey player I could absolutely put a puck in the net if Panarin's passing the puck to me so I I mean it's it's to me Ryan Strom is an overrated hockey player which uh, he's been decent on, you know, faceoffs when he does have the faceoffs, and it, it, and also he has experience in the playoffs. But again, Ryan Strom is not one of those players that you can sit here and say, you know what, I'm going to re-sign him in the offseason. season. I'm going to pay him four million. Yeah. I'm going to pay him three and a half million. I don't think he's worth it.
3: Yeah, and he might be asking for more too because of previous point totals too. Which I would rather pay cop that amount of money because he does a lot more in terms of his complete game. Even though he might have not have the consistent, I know point he's Troopers like best friends. Yeah, that too, point. and because Winnipeg had all that offensive depth, he really didn't get to show it in a top six way a lot of the time either. So his point totals might not reflect it the same way that Strom did when he was with Edmonton, too, and then with the Rangers where he's playing a lot of first line. So I, I I think that money is valued better for Cop to
2: get that, and Kakko I don't think will make any more than I would say four right now. Uh oh, it's because seven that. seven top of the six New York Yankees. Uh, throwing uh, the great and powerful Garrett Cole under the bus. Yeah, he had a bad game. Jeff, you still can win your parlay. So what are you crying about? <laughs> Wait, what are you crying Jeff bet about? bet on Garrett Cole in his parlay? So that's why he's mad? Oh, he's not on the he Yankees. He bet on the it's Yankees, and he says, who do you think is going to win? you think Garrett Cole's going to win? I said the Yankees will win, with Garrett Cole, you know, In the, you know, pitching for, you know, as a starter for the Yankees. And they're they're tied 7 7. I expect the Yankees to win. He asked me who I think is going to win. I think the Yankees are going to win this game. I do. Especially coming back. Now it makes sense why he was, I guess. Especially mad attack. to single it out like Have it that.
3: Having a heart attack. That explains it now. There was player betting or team betting involved with a player that you would normally trust.
2: Oh, what else is new? That's Jeff
3: for you guys. Well, yeah, Jeff would normally single out Garrett Cole anyway, but yeah, now he, he's a he Yankee. does an extra special
2: because yeah, he's a Yankee. He can't stand Yankees and... He wants to throw the Yankees under the bus. But I would throw the Yankees under the bus. Did Garrett Cole pitch well tonight? No, he hasn't. But if the Yankees win the game, is anybody going to remember what the what Garrett Cole pitched? Come on. Nobody cares. They care about wins. That's all they care about.
3: And hitting off of a good bullpen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which they have been. So uh, mm-hmm. 7-7 with the Yankees and, you know, top of the six. That's, that's good news if you're a Yankee fan. We'll see if the Yankees uh, can come back and win that game. But, uh, you know, so... Uh, I do want to, before we get our our guests on, and we're going to be talking to, uh, who do we have on? We had the beef. Oh, the beef's calling. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. I have a feeling the beef is upset. Beaver, what's going on, man? What's up,
0: man? I'm calling live from MSG, baby. Wow. (laughs) All righty. (laughs)
2: Nice, nice, nice. What do you got to say to Jeff. (laughs) <laughs>
0: what, I, what I gotta say to him Fuck that fat piece of shit <laughs> I hope that guy fucking gets eaten by an alligator Down on fucking camp that fat fuck <laughs> He's a fucking low life fucking bully I'm not fucking Tyler He can fucking kiss my fucking ass
2: <laughs> <laughs> So how is how it I, How is it over there
0: the atmosphere is crazy, crowds loud, crowds into it. You know, Rangers are playing well right now. They give up they give up a soft goal at the end of the second, but
2: Well the Tampa we Tampa gave up a soft goal too. That was a soft goal.
0: Yeah. By Lingren, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a soft goal. Dude, he goal. didn't see
2: it. He was screened. He couldn't see it. I mean, that was well, a softer he, goal he, than he, the Tampa. That's
0: right. couldn't see that shot, so it, it, it's,
2: it's even. So, it, it's you know? even. And, and listen, I, would I think, said the Rangers' goal was soft. Speedy, who did I say was going to win this game? You said the Rangers. I said the Rangers were going to win game mm-hmm. number five, uh, and, they'll, well, lose, and they'll lose game six.
0: No, I hope you're wrong on
2: that one. But I think it'll go seven games, and then um, we'll see who's going to come out the victorious.
0: Well, I hope you're
2: wrong that it doesn't go seven. so uh, um, you, you 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 can hope me wrong, but uh, I I pretty much called this series the way it's gone so far. So you know. Well, well hopefully
0: you're wrong on this one.
2: So. Well, uh, what are you eating over there? A hot dog? Right now, yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, would you like hot. to? Would you like Speedy dogs, to make you dog? a hot dog? Uh, no. No, why not? What? I'm sure they taste better there.
0: Uh, how, how, about I st- how about I stick Speedy up Jeff's ass? <laughs> <of that? laughs>
2: Speedy, what do you say about that?
0: That would be painful. <laughs>
2: Emotionally yeah, and Speedy, physically.
0: Because Speedy's another fucking disgraceful Ranger fan, just like Tyler.
3: Oh. What did I say now that you're going to bash?
0: He 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 bashes the Rangers just as bad as
3: fucking
2: Tyler does. Tyler does not bash the Rangers. No, he ba- he bashes the Yankees. He, Tyler, yeah, Tyler bashes the oh, Yankees. He would never bash the Ranger fa- the Rangers. He he's got an infatuation with the Rangers. And I wrote to Tyler today. I said, "What do you think about the Yankees today? What do you think about their pitching right now? What do you think about Aaron Boone right now and Brian Cashman that he's he's, he's his yeah. time oh. is done? What do he say? He got lucky. Oh. No, he says." it's... It's still early in the Ty, season. Ty, Let's Ty, see what Ty happens at the end the of the I don't
0: know what the hell he's season. talking about, first of all, at anything. That guy doesn't know nothing about sports. So. Um,
2: by the way, uh, Jeff says, uh, hey, wait a second. It's the, J- the, the Draymond Green of Bayshore. He's calling you Draymond Green.
0: Yeah, well, this Draymond Green's going to kick his fucking fat ass. How about that?
2: <laughs>
3: and then Jeff will re- re- rejoice in joining the Celtics fans that were uh, he, saying he, swear he, words
0: he, at he, him. He, he thinks he can bully people, but he's not bullying at me, so.
3: Well, then I guess so does Draymond Green. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Beeve seems very focused on Jeff's ass, Doug says. <laughs>
0: I'm not. I just want to beat the shit. I want someone to beat the shit out of him, so. <laughs> that kid doesn't deserve to fucking live. Fuck
3: him. <laughs> wow. Taking it to new extremes here. But then again, I wouldn't be, expect anything less. Uh, Slug says, It's nice that the I, Rangers if have I, special. If I,
0: if I, if I can go back in time, I'll beat the shit out of his father for creating him. <laughs> <laughs> Good. When
3: well, you get a DeLorean, that'll be a very interesting first form of he, time he's, travel. He's a
0: bully. He, he's a bully. He thinks he can get away with anything that he wants. But let me tell you something, he ain't getting away with this shit. So.
2: <laughs> and Jeff says. He's going to kick my ass, question mark. He's a crybaby bitch. <laughs> he yeah. blocked something me of, like New
0: York. We'll see how much of a crybaby he is.
2: <laughs> well, he's on the other side. <laughs> I don't think you can hear him. Oh.
0: No, I, I don't put him through because I don't want to hear his fucking shit.
3: Well, if you, you want me to put him through anyway?
0: No, do not put him through.
2: Put him on hold. Uh, not, right. He can't hear to, him yeah. anyways. All right. He can't hear him uh, anyways. I
0: don't. I don't want to hear his fucking fat ass fucking stupid ass mouth. You can't hear him
2: anyways. No. So You know. So a, it's two a, different things. He's,
0: he's a fucking bully, and he deserves everything that he's gonna get to him. Carver's a bitch, and he will get his.
2: <laughs> well, enjoy your uh, enjoy the rest of uh, uh of um, your game, man.
0: Hopefully, the Rangers pull it out, and we'll see what happens.
2: All right, Beef. We'll talk later, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Be good. The Beef. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Interesting. We have yeah, Garrett sure. Price waiting. All right? You want to go go
3: to break now? Or you want to put Jeff on for like two minutes?
2: <laughs> all right, uh, Jeff. Just try to keep it, uh, you know, uh, you know, PG thirteen on this. Jeff, what's going on? Keep it
0: PG thirteen. Did you hear all this subsum- I know, stuff?
2: I know. I know.
0: I <laughs> know. Oh, and by the way, if you need more proof that he's the Draymond Green. Let's just let's just perfectly get this out of the way, Draymond. Oh, it's obscenities. Don't do that in front of my kids. Then he swears in front of his kids. (laughs) Beef cries like a baby back bitch all the time. Don't bring family into it. And then he goes, "Oh, I beat up his father for creating him." Who's bringing? Dude, he's the biggest hypocrite pussy on the planet, dude. The biggest hypocrite fucking pussy. Well, there goes the PG thirteen
2: idea. Well, there you go.
0: Is it not the truth? Does he complain about people talking about family all the time? And then what did he do? He talked about my family, correct?
2: <laughs> he didn't bring up your father. <laughs> right. So guess
0: what? From now on, Bee's family is always in play. <laughs> He's it in play. I hope you fuck his mother. <laughs> I hope she
2: did All right. Work job. All right, I hope, all right I hope Jeff. Mama
0: Beef sucks Earl's
2: dick. <laughs> Hang up the phone. Hang, Hang up the phone. Up. <laughs> Well
3: mm. uh, so much for trying p g thirteen that did not work <laughs>
2: oh my god <laughs> I told him p g thirteen he took it to the the rated r r what do they call that uh you know it's even past r I mean seriously, he's talking about me banging his mom, so geez. I mean Garrett probably saying, what the hell is this well i i as you know we are the Sports Loudmouths. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking to Dynasty Nerd's writer and podcaster Garrett Price here on the Sports Loudmouths.
0: You're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Six three one
2: six seven two thirty one zero eight is the number to call, please. Keep it PG-13, please. <laughs> Remember, you can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app at WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio way. Oh, my God. Maybe PG
3: 13 means something different in Florida.
2: <laughs> Listen, I let the beef speak because he's over there at a ranger game. He's having fun. He's drinking and he's eating his hot dogs. He's cursing up a storm. And then Jeff comes out and says, please keep it PG 13. And he's screaming, telling, you know, telling me to bang his mom or something like that. I have no idea how I got brought into the conversation. I didn't say anything. But, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, anyways. Uh, We have a first guest. I'm sure he's very intrigued to come on the show again. We are now talking to Dynasty Nerds writer and podcaster Garrett
1: Price. Garrett, what's going on, man? Yeah, I have no idea what I walked into, but uh, I can guarantee it's going to be an entertaining show. I I can tell you that. It's
2: already been. I mean, seriously. It, it's One guy's at a ranger game screaming and calling him, you know, all different crazy things, saying that he, he's going to go beat up his father for, you know, giving birth to his son. And then the other guy calls up and says, you know what? Errol, I hope you sleep with his mom. i mean be like, serious. <laughs> it's a, where do I get brought into this conversation? I didn't do anything. All I'm doing is hosting a damn show. Oh, man. Ugh. I I will say this. Those two guys don't like each other. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Garrett, how are you, man? We haven't spoken to you in a while.
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's, uh, you know, me, I, I love myself some football, and we are in probably the most dead period of, of course. NFL football that we'll have for the entire year. So, you know, I'm just licking my wounds, just trying to keep hope alive.
2: Well, it's so interesting because I've been watching a lot of different things on the NFL network, and I I, I watched something today, and, and one of these experts, well, proven NFL experts, uh, <laughs> said that a, a surprise MVP candidate He said, I'm not going to mention names, he believes that Trey Lance could be a surprise MVP candidate this year. Trying to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, sitting on the bench practically the whole year, comes in at the end of the season, plays a little bit of football, showed a little glimpses. Of of fantastic form of throwing the ball. And then he says that this year is his come out year. And Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded when he comes back from injury. And all this other stuff. And he will be the guy. So what are your thoughts of Trey Lance? The little bit that you've seen of him. And do you think he's the Patrick Mahomes of this
1: year? Uh, You know, I don't like to be super hot takey uh but for me not only do I not think he is a legitimate mvp candidate this year i'm not even convinced he's a good quarterback yet <laughs> i mean we we've seen very very little out of this kid over the past few years played at a small school uh and then had an entire year off except for a showcase game <laughs> and then sat basically in another t- another entire season where we saw two games out of him which both of those games were OK, uh, nothing in there screamed, uh, you know, future savior of the San Francisco 49ers. So I, I think that I get it. You got to get ratings. You got to be able to, to, to put something out there to get people talking. And it worked. We're talking about it right now. So, you know, they did their job, I guess. But at, uh, at the same time, I can't I can't even get close to there. Uh, I would be happy for him if he had a, a solid season and and progressed from his rookie year. But I'm not. I'm not currently expecting much more than that. I have no idea what.
2: what and I'm not again. I'm not going to throw any of these experts under the bus because then nobody's going to listen to him ever again. But when I heard that, I almost had a heart attack. I said, Trey Lance. Out of all, of them, I could see maybe Trevor Lawrence or maybe a Zach Wilson with some of the acquisitions they made. The Jets made in the off season, but even them, I, I didn't think that they're they're ready That's for that bold. that neck that next step, but to pick Trey Lance out of all of them when Debo Samuels don't even want to be there. I I mean, come on. I I just think it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. So I, I I think it just
3: really just shows Garrett's point more like this is a dead time for the NFL, especially NFL network. People might be running out of like different takes to have, they probably went over different MVP
2: ones already. So now they went for the
3: super bold ones, but I
2: could understand why he said that I, I really could, but, I, even David Carr, David Carr thinks that uh, the Jets could be a play a, par, a par, partial playoff team this year, and I, it's interesting what he said. and And he he thinks that Zach Wilson has. Uh, a, a fantastic arm. He's a great inside and out of the pocket. Some of the the opposition, you know, uh, the the different moves the Jets made in the offseason and adding uh, two really good tight ends and then drafting, uh, you know, a wide receiver, and Garrett, you know, Garrett Wilson and, and, and obviously Brees Hall. Uh, you would think that that was going to be, but... I I just think it's it, it's still early to even make those thoughts be heard. I, I think wait until OTAs over. Wait until we see a couple of preseason games, and even then, you don't know if that's true. Am I right or wrong, Garrett?
1: No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think uh, David Carr has a better shot of his brother uh, yeah. <laughs> being an MVP candidate than, than we do Trey Lance. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think he did say that
2: like two years ago. Like
1: Did he? <laughs> I think
2: he said his brother was a dark horse MVP candidate.
1: There you
3: go. He
2: was right about that. I mean, his brother's been sensation. He's been a better, better quarterback than him. That's oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> So, yeah. I, I, I mean, and David, you know, obviously had, you know, bad luck. He went to It was, yeah. it was a raw deal. Yeah. Expansion Texans. And then, then really he got hurt. And else. then yeah. he He was a backup the rest of his career with the Giants. But Pretty Brad, good backup for the Giants, yeah, even played, though he barely played. He barely played. Because Eli Maddox Iron Man. Yeah, so. yeah, he played right behind arguably one of the best uh, quarterbacks to ever play for the Giants. Or he was the best quarterback to ever play for the Giants.
3: And so. he had the second active in
2: terms of games played streak behind Brett Favre. So, like, he barely played
3: even when he did play. There
2: you go. So, why don't we get back? with Garrett. As everybody knows, we are talking to Dynasty Nerds writer and podcaster Garrett Price. Garrett, you look at the, the draft, and everybody keeps saying that the Giants and the Jets won the draft. And and I obviously, bringing in a guy like Sauce Gardner, who I thought was one of the best players in this year's draft, uh, adding Garrett Wilson, and then moving all the way back into the first round and adding a pass rusher like Johnson... Who do you think, you know, out of all the teams that uh, obviously everybody has thought, the Giants, the Jets, the Baltimore Ravens, um, you know, and all those other teams that everybody thought won, even the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, obviously trading for A.J. Brown and, and adding a pass rusher, a defensive tackle, a beast of a man like, uh, what's his name again? I'm sorry. Uh, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what, who did you think won this year's draft?
1: Yeah, I hate to be cliche, but but I was on board with the the Jets winning the draft. Uh, Sauce Gardner, really rangy, long player, uh, able, to, able to snatch him up, really solidify that secondary. Uh, and, and then you get Garrett Wilson, who was my top receiver in the class. He ended up being the second receiver taken off the board. Guy that can do a little bit of everything. Um, and I love seeing guys that have pedigree. You know, he was the number one receiver coming out of high school in his class carried that all the way through Ohio state. And we know Ohio state's been putting out really solid receivers year after year after year. Uh, they're, They're really starting to get a reputation for that. And then Brees Hall's the number one running back in the class. So you arguably got the top player at three different positions in your draft. So anytime you can do something like that, I think that automatically catapults you up towards the top. It's interesting that you mentioned the Eagles. I think the Eagles are another really interesting one. If you count, aj brown as a draft pick uh i don't think that there's any receiver that this point in the draft that i would take over aj brown as Mm -hmm. far as just a pure talent and ability standpoint goes and and jordan davis you know as much as uh as much as that that defensive line has been solid forever a lot of those guys on that deep front defensive front are in their late 20s and early 30s uh so i mean fletcher cox is what 33 34 Mm -hmm. uh graham is up there like They needed to revitalize that defensive line. And you add somebody that 340, 350, whatever that dude is, Mm. Jordan Davis – Is a monster, but yet still ran one of the best times out of all the defensive linemen. He is a freak of nature. So I would; those were my top two teams uh, coming out of the draft.
2: Uh, How about Dean? Getting Dean in the third round. I mean, that was a sensational move too. I mean, I
1: I couldn't believe that he fell that far. I get that there's injury concerns, but uh, it it could end up being a lot like Jok was for the Cleveland Browns last Mm -hmm, year, mm -hmm. where just falls down because of of injury but is, is just a great value.
3: He was the guy I wanted the Giants to take in the first round before I knew about his injury. Right, right. When right. they took it, Arias Tony. So it's funny you mentioned that. So you, you were talking about you you like Garrett Wilson as the number one receiver. We we look at from a fantasy perspective, Justin Jefferson having that insane rookie year and Jamar Chase rookie year last year too. And a lot of them from a fantasy perspective – The draft stock, is that going to raise it more, you think, for some of these other top receivers, especially with the opportunity that a lot of these guys will have, the Saints with Alave, so you're mentioning uh, Atlanta with Drake London, like the target share. Do you think that kind of thing could happen again, or should they be aware of that?
1: I think we've been spoiled. I think we've been really spoiled these past two years from a fantasy football perspective because before that we weren't really seeing first-year receivers blossom quite to this extent. Uh, every once in a while, you'd have a guy, you know, Michael Thomas had a, had a breakout year uh, his first season. Uh, before that, the, the next soonest was was OBJ uh, with the Giants, but even that was a little bit shortened due to injury and things like that. So, you know, we get one of these every three, four, five years, and we've been spoiled having him back-to-back seasons with, with Chase and Jefferson as much as i think wilson's a stud, drake london's a stud like you know i i really like a lot of these different even jameson williams i know it's not as pretty of a landing spot in detroit uh there there's a lot of talented receivers but i would be very surprised if if we had another receiver go out there and put up 1400 yards and 14 touchdowns if there was anybody that could do it this year it would probably be drake just simply on the opportunity But I don't know that the quarterback play is going to be good enough to get him to that level with Marcus Mariota, uh, maybe eventually Desmond Ritter. So I, I would say I think a lot of these receivers could have good years, but I don't know that we're going to have anybody that is in the top 12 fantasy football wide receivers this season.
2: As everybody is, everybody knows, we are talking to Dynasty Nerds writer and podcaster Garrett Price. Uh, Kenny Pickett was the first quarterback off the board from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this was a great move by Pittsburgh. They, have the, they had the opportunity to watch this kid all season long play in their backyard. Uh, they kept it very, very quiet throughout. Everybody thought it was going to be Malik Willis. He fell to what yeah. the third or fourth round. I was very surprised about that. Uh, But Kenny Pickett, who is the more accurate quarterback, the best accurate quarterback in this year's draft class with size and ability. I think he's the perfect pick to take over for a Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe starts this year. Maybe uh, he beats out Mitchell Trubisky. What were your thoughts when you heard that he was the first quarterback off the board?
1: I agree with you. I do think he was a good pick. It was very surprising to me, though, because I thought the addition of Mitch Trubisky was the bridge guy. You know, we see this happen often, where teams will take a, a guy that fell off the wagon on another uh, on another team, or you know, a guy looking for a second chance, or a young gun, or you know, whatever it is. But some bridge guy that you don't assume is going to be their long term quarterback. That's what I thought was happening with Mitch Trubisky. But then they took the most pro ready quarterback in the class, so that surprised me a little bit that they would have paid that much money to Mitch Trubisky and then go ahead and take the guy that was the most pro ready. All of that being said. I can't blame them, though. They doubled down. They made sure that they had a quarterback this year, whether it's Pickett or Trubisky. I think Pickett will end up winning this job. So I. I think he's the more talented quarterback. But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a dogfight. And sometimes just the the uh, the knowledge and the ability to be able to, uh, you know, withstand the NFL and, and, and be here for a while. And that's what we've had with Mitchell Trubisky. And he might just have the leg up on the knowledge standpoint. But it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out.
3: So, speaking of AFC North quarterbacks, I know you're a Browns guy. There's a lot of drama going on over there. Uh, Baker Mayfield hinting at he might even take a pay cut to leave the Browns, even if Deshaun Watson does end up getting suspended. So, what do you think the Browns will have to end up doing with that kind of situation?
1: So, it's interesting. As a Cleveland Browns fan, for a little bit there, it was uh, kind of like, what you see in most horror films. Uh, the beginning of the movie is, you know, really fun. And, you know, the, the family scream. And you, yeah. It, it's the dream scenario. And that's what we were having for a couple of years there where we thought Baker was our guy. We're making the playoffs, We're beating the Steelers in the playoffs. We're like, you know what? This is amazing. And then all of a sudden you see something move and then something happens and the lights go out. And that's, that's what's happening with the Browns. Now um, I should not be surprised. Uh, this is what tends to happen in Cleveland. But for once, I was trying to not be a cynical Browns fan and <laughs> hope that this was going to be good. And, of course, the other shoe finally fell, and uh, and here we are. So, yeah, it's a hot mess. It's a dumpster fire. It You know, whatever you want to call it, uh, that's exactly where we're at. The Browns gave up basically <laughs> three years' worth of draft capital uh, to get Deshaun Watson and also locked him into – the largest guaranteed contract we've ever seen. And we might not even get to see him play. So it's, it's a mess.
2: I, I think you will. I, I think a lot of these stories are, I don't, I, I wouldn't say they're false, but I mean, if you, you watch the HBO special, uh, it seems like their lawyer, his lawyer believes that a lot of this, these stories were brought together. A lot of these girls wanted to date him and wanted some kind of money from him. And, and listen, I don't think that Deshaun Watson is uh, a good guy, okay? Because 66 women saying that he he wanted a massage or something like that, it doesn't make any sense, especially when he's with a beautiful woman who I guess he's engaged with. I have no idea why he would want any of that stuff from any of these women. But, again, Deshaun Watson is a pretty sick person. I, I, I would say so. Uh, obviously can't get enough of whatever he's doing. But, uh, nevertheless... I think he's a talented quarterback, and I I don't think it's going to cost him any time off the field this year. I I haven't heard anything that the NFL is going to suspend him. Roger Goodell has not come out and said that he's going to be sitting out six to eight games, so it seems like he's on pace to play this year. And uh, is it a good sign for the Browns? I would say he's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. There's no question that he is. Um, The question is, if Baker is willing to take less – who is going to take on a personality like that, one? And two, if that team does take him, is he going to go to a team that he fits best with where he can flourish as a quarterback that he did flourish with the Browns over the last couple of years because of the running game?
1: Yeah, I think there's three teams uh, that come to mind mm-hmm. as potential destinations for for Baker Mayfield, and I think one is more likely than the other two. Uh, the first one is is Atlanta. They just brought in Marcus Mariota. We know that it's it's a it's an experiment. It's a it's a fill in for whoever their future quarterback is. So even though there's an opening, I I think they're more or less in tank mode this year. They want to get one of those top five picks next year and really secure some of those top that some of that top end talent. So I don't think that they're trying to win. And I think the acquisition of Baker would be an attempt to win. Uh, the next team would be I think more likely would be the Carolina Panthers. Uh, right now their division is, is fairly open. Uh, you know, you do have Tom Brady and and the Buccaneers for this season. Uh, but after that, you know, we thought he was going to retire. If that was the case, all of a sudden Tampa doesn't look nearly as appealing. We just mentioned Atlanta. They're not looking too good. Um, and then, uh, the saints right now are kind of in this weird limbo where they think they're good, but I'm not sure that they are <laughs> and you know, I don't know where that so I think that one makes a sense to an extent mm-hmm. but they're already paying so much money to so many different quarterbacks that have been these retread guys so I don't know that they want to go that route again I think the one that makes the most sense would be the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. um they they have a strong running game they had a quarterback very similar in his attributes to Russell Wilson uh you know a, a shorter quarterback who doesn't have uh, this, you know, perfect, uh, you know, size, arm, all that kind of stuff, but has moxie, gets it done, uh, can move around a little bit, but isn't necessarily a runner. Uh, so I think he would fit that mold. Uh, I think he would fit what they're doing there well. Uh, it's just a question of whether they're willing to bring him on and and, and find out. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. So what are the Browns?
3: What are the Browns' best cause of option if Baker say doesn't
1: want to play for
3: them? Do they have to trade? They don't have picks to trade really because they traded it all for Watson. But do they have to trade players at that point? Do they have to just try to roll with what they have because they brought in Jacoby Brissett as a backup? So what is like the best case scenario? We say if Baker Mayfield doesn't play, what do they do? What's their next move for Andrew Barry?
1: Yeah, I think he's stuck. I think he's stuck. I think I think it's it's Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, he has starting experience. He was a starter for a few years there in Indianapolis, uh, been a backup in, in New England and in Miami, and he's been a few different spots. I think I think they have to go that route. But the hard part is this roster, at least on paper, is a is a playoff roster uh, ready to go. I mean, you have Miles Garrett, who's arguably the best edge rusher in football right now. They just re-upped Denzel Ward, got him a new deal. Very solid corner. Uh, you have Nick Chubb, the you know one of the best pure runners in the game right now. They just added Amari Cooper. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. So I mean, like on paper, everything is ready to go. But you need that quarterback, and with it, it's a quarterback-driven league. I don't care how good your team is, if you have a you know subpar quarterback. You're hoping best case scenario is wild card one and done. Mm. So I think that's where they're at right now, and and I think that's best case scenario with jo- Jacoby Brissett.
2: Mm. It's very very interesting. As everybody knows, we are talking to Dynasty Nerds writer and podcaster Garrett Price. So Garrett, obviously you're a fantasy expert. When you're looking towards this season, and obviously the wide receiving. Uh, wide, wide receivers. And Hopkins is going to be out the first six to seven games, obviously, uh, because of the steroid thing. I, I, I'm so surprised with that PED story. Yeah. Really surprised with him. Uh, I don't think he needed it, but whatever. Uh, and Kyler Murray, who has a lot to prove. They are going to be uh, the regular season hard knocks team to watch. It's going to be really fun to watch uh, with Brown there, his best friend. What are your thoughts with the wide receiving core? Who do you think, as far as fantasy is concerned, uh, who you think are going to be the top three guys that you would draft in this year's draft? And uh, also the quarterbacks. Is Kyler Murray a, a big-notch player to expect to be a high-draft uh, you know, pick for quarterbacks in this year's fantasy draft?
1: So you're saying the top three guys from from Arizona?
2: I would say your overall, overall, the top wide, the top three wide receivers that you would draft in this year's draft in fantasy, and it, do you think Kyler Murray uh, is going to have that breakout season with some of the acquisitions that they made in the off season?
1: So, as far as the wide receivers go, uh, you know, there's a difference between your typical like one year redraft league and your dynasty league where you're you're stashing these guys for six, eight, ten years on your squad. But as far as redraft goes, just this season, uh, 2022 season, I think you have to look at Justin Jefferson. He's done it back-to-back seasons now. The the situation with Kirk Cousins is still the same. But it's a new offense that, if anything, might open it up a little bit more uh, than we saw under Mike Zimmer. So I think Justin Jefferson has to be in the top three conversation. But after that, it gets really interesting because you have – Tyree kill who would normally be in that conversation, but new team uh new quarterback, two a throw Jalen <laughs> waddles there uh you have Devonte Adams, who would normally be there, but also new team, new situation, mm-hmm. all that uh and then you have J- uh jamar Chase, who fantastic rookie season, but it we've only seen it one year. is it enough to boost him into that top three, and I think those are the three guys that are really going to be fighting for those last two spots. if it were me today. It would go Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, uh, and then Jamar Chase. That would be those would be the the top three for me. Uh, Tyreek Hill would be the one that would be left out of that equation right now.
2: And how about Kyler Murray? What what are your thoughts to him this year? Uh, obviously, uh, the addition of Marquise Brown when when Hopkins comes back, uh, you have a pretty good tandem on both sides. You have a great running game. You have a good offensive line. A great defense. He did not show up. Uh, against the Rams in the playoffs, he got a, a huge amount of booze, uh, and also he defriended the Arizona Cardinals and some of the players on the team. And then he he requested a forty million dollar boost uh, of salary this offseason. Where do you see Kyler Murray this year, especially uh, him telling that the telling Arizona that he wants a, a huge pay a pay boost?
1: Yeah, so I, I do think that things can can still work. Uh, it, the NFL is much different today than it was 10 years ago. Mm. Uh, and we're seeing that, I think, trickle over from the NBA, where the players are starting to have a little more control of, of, of their brand, a little more control of their movement, a little more control over the league, in, in essence. And so Kyler Murray is trying to make moves, trying to make power plays, in order to get himself paid. Is he doing it the way I would do it? Probably not. Uh, but but that's that's the attempt here. If he goes out and is still successful, people will forget about it tomorrow. So I do think that this is going to be, the, the addition of Marquise Brown is great for him because he's what they always wanted Christian Kirk to be. This deep threat to take the top off the defense and for not being a big guy, Kyler Murray can sling it. He can get it downfield. Uh, and, and I think that that's, the connection that they're hoping for. So I think it's going to work out. They still have Zach Ertz there at tight Mm -hmm. end that they acquired midway through the year. Very, very solid serviceable. I get that he's older uh, than, than he once was, but very serviceable. Uh, And then you even have a guy like, you know, Rondell Moore that they drafted last year. It, It hasn't panned out yet, but fun gadget player that is probably going to help his quarterback more than he's going to be necessarily putting up a ton of numbers uh, and James Conner returned as well. So this offense is really primed and ready to go and and I think I think Kyle Murray is going to be just fine.
3: So what about from a contract perspective because he hasn't gotten the money yet and then the same kind of thing with Lamar Jackson too. Mm-hmm. The two guys that have a lot of fantasy upside because of the rushing yards. So would right. would owners be more reluctant to draft him or should they be more reluctant to draft him higher as maybe that top three type quarterback? Like a a lot of people are thinking it's Josh Allen and then it's a wild card at number two, number three after that because of the rushing ability of those guys. But should you be more careful because of the contract situation?
1: I'm not overly worried. Um, You know, I know a lot of people aren't drafting for their seasons today. Um, You know, if it's a dynasty league that does play in a, a larger factor because these guys could end up on different teams. I do think Arizona and Kyler are going to get figured out and I don't have any hesitations there. The Lamar situation is interesting uh, because he represents himself, uh, which doesn't happen often. And by all reports, Baltimore's already offered him a hefty sum and it looks like he's going to be going into this fifth year, which normally things are resolved by year five for guys that are going to be staying with their team. And there's a lot still left in the air. Part of it is, at least on Lamar's front, is he saying he wants to focus on football, doesn't want to focus on that. I'm not sure how much I believe of that uh, because guys always want to make sure that they're secure with their paychecks, with their money. So it's it's a really interesting situation. I do think that there's a world where Lamar somehow ends up on a different team. Is it likely? I don't think so, but I think it's more likely than Kyler Murray.
2: It makes a lot of sense, and to me, Lamar Jackson deserves – the money. I mean, he was an MVP. Uh, yep. He he's taken his team to the playoffs every single year. Uh, I mean, obviously the Baltimore Ravens are defensively sound, especially with the draft that they had. This year. I think they throughout the whole draft they they won just as Crushed. much as anybody did. I mean, they added a center to that offensive line. They added a safety, probably the best safety we've seen in a very long time. Some people compare him to an Ed Reed prototype, uh, and uh, even in the later rounds they added tight ends and. And, and different Dejabo defenses, yeah, yeah. Jabo uh, uh, from the Michigan, uh, Michigan Wolverines. So they added so many different pieces and, and got steals in every single part of the round. So I, I think Baltimore is going to be fine. Lamar Jackson, uh, I think he deserves a little bit more credit than people give him. I, I mean, is he is he Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or, or Josh Allen right now? No but he is a winnable he's a winnable quarterback you can win with him and he has proven that he can uh be an MVP candidate so let's look through the league right now and you, you look at the defensive style of games that we we have seen so far this off season obviously the chargers adding uh you know a big big time pass rusher Khalil Mack and then adding JC Jackson from the New England Patriots and uh you really you know you know bringing that all, that defense together and then Justin Herbert who had a sensational year last year and some certain parts of the end of the season he just didn't get it done against the Texans he didn't show up in that game and uh and maybe some of the teams the, the whole team didn't show up in that game but this team is the most complete team in the NFL, and I think a lot of people, you know, if you're 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 a betting man, I would definitely put a little bit of, of money on the Chargers going to the Super Bowl and winning it all this year. What are your thoughts with the Chargers? What are your thoughts with the, some of the acquisitions they made? Are you do you think that this team is a contender this year with some of the acquisitions they made in the off season?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and I mean they're already a team with uh, with Bosa. Uh, and I'm blanking on the Derwin James, Derwin James at yep. safety. Um, so, I mean, they already had two premier players, so they added two more, uh, absolute studs on the defensive side of the football. <laughs> the offense was never the issue. Um, you know, they, they're scoring tons of points with, uh, with, with Herbert. And then you have Allen over there and Eckler Williams and, and and Austin Eckler in the backfield they drafted in the third round. They took Isaiah Spiller, who I think is going to be the the between the tackles guy they've been wanting to not have to, you know, run Austin Eckler out there on, you know, fourth and one on the one yard line. They don't they don't want Austin Eckler for that. They want somebody like like an Isaiah Spiller. So, I think they got a guy to fill that role finally. So, you're you're absolutely right. When looking at a team from top to bottom, at least on paper, we'll see how it all gels and comes together once they get on the field, but on paper, they're just as good as any team. The interesting part's going to be that division is going to be nuts. I mean, that division is going to be, I mean, we already have Kansas city. Who's been, you know, the class of the division for a few years. now you have uh, the Las Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. who said, all right, we're going to upgrade Too, they had upgraded their secondary. They added Devonte Adams. And then Denver said, we've had a good team this whole time. We just can't find a freaking quarterback. So we're going to go get, we're going to go get Russell Wilson. <laughs> so, I mean, you look at this division and these are, you could make it a legitimate argument for any one of those teams winning to the division, and it would be a legitimate argument. Now, I think there are some that are easy to argue, easier to argue for than others. Of course. But all four teams are solid, and all four teams are going to put up points.
3: So you mentioned, we're talking about the chaos of the offseason just in general. Do you think this kind of thing could be a new norm where you see all these big swings because of what you were saying, like it's being a little more of a player on league?
1: Absolutely. We saw Devontae Adams kind of, you know, make his – his uh, feelings known we we saw that happen with uh, Tyreek Hill as well where he kind of said look you're going to either pay me a lot of this money that I want or, or you're going to trade me uh, and we've seen a lot of players start to sit out uh, if, if they're not getting what they want whether that is you know in training camp or preseason and some of them we've even seen it in in, in regular season games we saw that a couple years ago with Le'Veon Bell now it didn't pan out for him uh, but we, we, we've seen different players do stuff like this. So it is becoming much more normal. And I think a lot of players are going to see what happened this offseason and say, well, Devontae Adams got to go where he wanted the entire time. Tyra Kill, he he wanted to go to South Beach. That's where he's been wanting to go. You know, I don't want to be here. You know, I don't want to be in Houston. I don't want to be in, you know, wherever Cleveland, probably I don't want to be in, you know, wherever it is. Like I would rather be playing here. So you're either going to pay me more than I'm worth or I'm going to go take my services somewhere else. As everybody knows,
2: we are talking to Dynasty Nerds writer and podcaster Gary Price. Uh, again, uh, like we were talking about with San Diego or whatever, the the Los Angeles, Los Georgia's. Angeles. Yes. yes uh,
3: the third team of L.A.
2: Yes. Whatever you want to call it. But. Uh, You you talk about that team. But here's another team in in the same, I guess, the same vicinity. We were talking about San Francisco. The Los Angeles Rams, uh, this offseason, they they lost, obviously, Von Miller. By the way, Buffalo overpaying a guy that – he's sensational. He's a great pass rusher still. I think he had nine sacks. In the playoffs, he had three and a half sacks. Fantastic. He was a big part of why they won, especially defensively in that fourth quarter. No question. But uh, what Buffalo gave him was ridiculous. And then – uh, but they upgraded. I think they upgraded the position. They brought in Bobby Wagner, who is so very uh, underrated at the position. He's been one of the best linebackers in the league this year, and people forgot about him. And they didn't pay him that much, and they bring in a talented player like that. Uh, they re-signed and gave an extension to Aaron Donald, who is the highest-paid player besides a quarterback in the NFL history, $40 million a year. And then today, they gave Cooper Cup $80 million. So, What do you think of this Rams team? Could they repeat with some of the acquisitions they made in the offseason, some of the players that they lost, and even there's still a chance they could still bring in Odell Beckham after bringing in Allen Robinson, which is crazy to say.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's a real chance that this team could be the first repeat uh, that we've seen in a while. Uh, It doesn't doesn't happen very often, but they've got a great head coach in place. They've got – two of the best defensive players in football, uh Aaron Donald, who is the best Jalen Ramsey, who is an excellent, excellent corner on the outside. I mean, you can make an argument for both of those guys being top 10 players overall, not just on the defensive side of the football, just overall in football. Um, So both, both really talented guys, but it, I think it still all comes down to, to Matthew Stafford. You know, is Matthew Stafford able to do what he did in the playoffs, be efficient enough, not make some of the, the mistakes Uh, if he can do that, they have just as good of a shot as anybody else. And they are, they're bringing back cam Akers, who last year missed most of most of the season with that Achilles tear, incredibly came back and played, which was shocking. Uh, but he didn't look like quite his old self. If he does get back to his old self. Now you add a much more dynamic running game into the mix. It could be really interesting.
3: So, both for a dynasty and a redraft perspective, one guy that you have as a sleeper this year, and one guy that you think could be a
1: bust this year. Ooh. All right. So, for for redraft, one guy that I think could be, uh, you know, an absolute steal this year is is Cole Komet. Hmm. Cole Komet for the Chicago Bears. You look at that offense, it's Darnell Mooney and it's Cole Komet. There are no other pass catchers that are established there at all. And even the guys that they brought in, Valus Jones, they brought in in the third round. Most people didn't think he was going to be taken until the fifth or sixth round. Um, Then you had guys like Ekunimia St. Brown and and Byron Pringle that are there. Like none of these guys are established uh, stars. And the big thorn in his side forever was Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Graham is no longer there. Justin Fields in his second year now. Feels so
2: bad for that kid, by the way. So oh. bad for that kid this year. Oh, I, they did I him so no favors. Bad. No, not at all. The coach that they brought in and 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 not giving him the wide receiving help that they should have absolutely did, it, I feel so bad for that kid.
1: Yep, but I think the beneficiary is going to be Cole Komet. I think he was already eighth in football last year in targets, mm-hmm. and the top seven guys in targets last year were the top seven uh, fantasy football producers. Cole Komet at eight was at 19th for fantasy football points. So that's an anomaly. Things are going to happen. It was literally because they couldn't get the ball in the end zone. He had zero touchdowns on the year. So that's going to change. I think he's an absolute steal this year. Um, Somebody that I think is going to be a bust. uh, It's funny because I I literally just mentioned this guy, uh, but I've never been a huge Cam Akers guy. Uh, I've never been a a huge fan of his game. I think he's he's a good athlete but I think he leaves a lot to be desired on the technical aspects of being a running back. And, you know, you add in the Achilles injury on top of it, you know, I hear, I hear him going ahead of some guys that I really like and I, and I think he's just being a little overdrafted
2: as everybody knows. We are talking to dynasty nerds, writer and podcaster, Garrett Price. Last question for me, Garrett, Um, the saints, uh, and I think they're, they're loaded offensively, this is probably the best wide receiving core that we've we've seen in a very long time. We've heard stories that Drew Brees might be thinking about coming back for another year. I know he, he slided it in on his Twitter that he's in he might be interested. He's unsure after getting fired from NBC. Not supposed, uh, not surprised it didn't work out for him over there at NBC. He's not and, and by the way, the 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 contract that Tom Brady got was just outrageously crazy. I mean I, I, I'll give Tom Brady a lot of credit he, even if he doesn't even know how to do that uh, or be a broadcaster to get to to squeeze three hundred and fifty million dollars from NBC, or uh, I mean Fox, I, I give him a lot of credit. Oh. It's an incredible thing for him. He's going to make more money doing that than he ever did playing football. So that's crazy to say that. But to, back to the Saints. You look at the act. They added a wide receiver in a the draft. They, Michael Thomas is coming back. Uh, Alvin Kamara is there. Uh, they, who, who was the other wide receiver they have over there? Uh, Jarvis, uh, Landry. Jarvis, Landry. Jarvis Landry too. He re he goes over there going back home. What are your thoughts with if, if Let's say Drew Brees doesn't come back. I think he, I really believe there's a good chance that maybe not in the beginning of the season. I, I, I could see Drew Brees coming back. I could, but if it's Hill or Winston, is this team good enough with those two quarterbacks, with the weapons they have to make the playoffs?
1: I think they could make the playoffs, especially because we mentioned earlier their division outside of of Tampa Bay isn't the strongest division. Uh, And and really, the NFC, a lot of these top quarterbacks are all in the AFC right now. I think the AFC is just going to be a, a knockdown drag out, but the NFC is going to be a much easier path. So while I think they can make the playoffs... A lot of it really does come down to Jameis Winston. They did choose to bring him back. He's going to be the starter this year um, by all reports at this point. And it, it, we've seen flashes from Jameis. I, in fact, the beginning of last year, he actually played pretty solidly at the beginning of the year. Can he limit the mistakes and still make the big plays? Hmm. And that's, that's the question we'll have to see. So I think a lot of it revolves around him, but there's still question marks on, You know, Chris Olave. as much as I think he's a very talented player, Mm -hmm. he's a rookie. We'll have to see how that plays out. Michael Thomas hasn't played football in forever. (laughs) Uh, I mean, forever. And he was never a guy that was winning on athleticism anyway. Um, So you, you lower his athletic ability with all of these injuries and now age on top of it. Will he be able to come back and be the guy he once was? I don't know. And I love Juice Landry as a Browns fan. Love Landry. He changed the culture of Cleveland. But at the same time, he's not a spring chicken anymore. So uh, there's a lot of potential there. Mm. But will it all come together at the right time? And, and that's the question. And you have a brand new uh, head coach in, in Dennis Allen who he's been with the team forever. Uh, and he's a great defensive mind. Can he bring it all together on both sides of football? That's what we're, we're going to have to wait and see. I think they can make the playoffs, but I don't I don't think they last long.
3: All right, uh, you're I know you're a big Ohio State fan. CJ Stroud, what do you, what, big expectations for him this year. So what, what do you think is his ceiling and can you what are the what are the odds you think he he surpasses Bryce Young as what is thought of as that number 1 quarterback?
1: So the thing CJ Stroud has over Bryce Young at this point is the the more prototypical size. You know, Bryce Young for all of his ability, which is incredible, he's he's 5'10". I mean, he's 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 Kyler Murray, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the small, undersized quarterback. So that's the that's the perk that C.J. Stroud has ahead of him. Uh, both play in good divisions. One plays in the SEC, one plays in the Big Ten. So you don't have any knocks there. Uh, I think Bryce Young is a, a little bit better of a passer at this point. Uh, I, I think arm strength, he's got him by a little bit too. But it, it wouldn't shock me if C.J. Stroud is able to string together really solid games, and then be able to perform big when the pressure is on, which last year he did fantastic with. Uh, You you saw him be able to put the ball uh, just on the money so often. Uh, I think it's going to be really close when it all is said and done. I still think Bryce Young will be the the guy Mm -hmm. that goes ahead of him, but it's going to be a dogfight.
2: Well, we really appreciate you joining us again. We want to get you on soon again. Uh, You're awesome, and you give us so much information. We went through – Half the league, and, and it's just it's great. So much information, and and if anybody didn't hear this interview, well, you you missed a really really good interview. Garrett, tell the fans how they can find you on social media.
1: Absolutely, you can find me at Dynasty Price on Twitter. Uh, following me anywhere else would be a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can follow me at Dynasty Price on Twitter or uh, on the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Always got, always got good things going on. Always talking fantasy football.
2: Well, we got to follow each other because uh, we got to interact. Let's I, do it. My Twitter is, at, you know, I'm almost at four thousand people, but everybody tells me I'm following you, but uh, you don't post anything. You just so, post once a month. And I you posted, don't have all the followers. I got, I, I have to, I have to start posting because people keep complaining. Why am I following you if you're not going to post? But they're all sports fans and they're, they're interested to see and uh, hear the crazy stuff as much as they hear it on this show the crazy stuff that I could say on, you know, social media. But uh, if there's any way you can get a hold of me is on Twitter because that's the only thing I really look at. So anyways, we really go. Let's connect. Yeah, we will connect. Uh, Speedy will give you my Twitter and then um, we'll follow each other and we'll definitely keep connecting, man. Uh, But we really appreciate you as always. And we'll get you on soon. Thank you, Garrett.
1: Thank you guys for having me.
2: As you know, we were just talking to Dynasty Nerds writer and podcaster Garrett Price, and yes, the beeve is probably uh, crying to his uh, mother uh, as uh, he's heading home. He's heading home. He's driving home.
4: Yeah,
2: you know. And, a, a and now there's fighting. Now, lose. now they're they're fighting. Oh, and...
3: Lafreniere and Stamkos going at it. Mm. Wow. I, I would have, if I were to bet on who would be fighting at the end of the game, I definitely would not have those two.
2: It, it's a shame because I, I thought the Rangers were going to win this game. And, yeah, and no, I, that, that's a
3: painful way to lose the, way, the way that ended
2: up going down. Both goals that uh, you know, obviously, um, Shestarkin gave up were you know screen goals, mm-hmm. and by the same guy. By the same guy throwing the puck to the net.
3: Yeah, it was a good, a good screen by Palat in front and Sergachev with the
2: game-winning goal for Tampa, and then they ended up getting empty net after to make it three to one. Yeah, it, it's it's horrible, but you got listen. You're down three to two. You go back to Tampa and you try to win that game, and try to bring it back to Madison Square Garden where it's anybody's game. And I, I listen. I, I still don't think that this series is over. So if Ranger fans think that as a listen, you have to find a way. To be confident enough to get uh, you know get this team back into the playoffs, and by the way, Speedy, uh, the screen over there is not at full. Just so you know, hmm. the, the screen over there is not at full. You know that. Just so you know, there you go. it was never at full. So. It was no, it was it was. Oh, it was
3: it was. I just had to switch the banner, and I forgot to switch. But the, the Rangers, <laughs> I got distracted by the Rangers. <laughs>
2: but the Rangers lose uh, game number five, uh, three to one. Um, they're, it's going to be hard, but they're yeah. going to go back to Tampa.
3: Yeah, they're going to have to hope to reverse the fortunes quicker than they did. Is it in a their... day
2: game? Is it going to be a day game on uh, Saturday? It's, I,
3: I, Saturday is usually not. It's usually Sunday, so I would be surprised if it was so a it'd day a, game. So it would be a night game. It, I would be surprised. It's usually, especially with the Colorado now sitting out for a <laughs> while, I can't imagine they would do it as a day game, but we'll see. It's usually Sunday, that is. And now Jeff has returned, naturally, to probably bash the Rangers and the beef.
0: Boo-hoo, bees! (laughs) Boo-hoo! Cry, bitch! Cry! Rangers lose! You're a bitch! (laughs) Mommy gets bukkake
3: Oh, God. I don't even want to know what that means. And he (laughs) just hangs
2: up. (laughs) God. Okay. (laughs) These two. Oh, my God. I, oh, I don't even man. want to know what that means yeah the beeve is uh, i'm sure the beeve is not happy right now of course would, would you would you be happy going to a game and and by the way J- Josh told me the beeve going to that game only puts a stale thought that they're going to lose, so uh, I guess Josh was right because the both playoff games the beeve went to, the Rangers lost. So maybe the beef should not go to the games. I mean, it's better than my track record at MSG. I'm 0-6 all time. Really? Yep. And the first time
3: I went was when I was in I was in middle school. It was two thousand eight or something like that. They were playing against the Islanders. This is back when the Islanders mm-hmm. were like the consistently the basement of the Eastern Conference and they right. still lost in a shootout.
2: I think going to the Nassau Coliseum, um, I was you know, in my career, I've been to I would say I've been p- about forty Islander games, forty-five Islander games. I think the Islanders won the majority of them. Okay. I, I would say the Islanders have won at least thirty or thirty, thirty-one of them, mm. out of all the games I saw. I, I've been, I've been at the National Coliseum on the happy side, not okay. the sad side, uh, but I have not been to the U B. What is it, the U- UBS UBS Arena yet? And I'm looking forward to experiencing that. Everybody says it's a beautiful arena, but it just has very bad parking.
3: Yeah, that's what Josh was saying. They went to, a, him and Lyle went to a wrestling thing there, mm. one of the AEW matches, and they said it was a nice facility there. He's yet to go for hockey, they've said. And Lyle, obviously, we know he's a season ticket holder
2: that likes to think Matthew is overrated. Well, <laughs> nobody said Lyle was the smart guy, that's for sure. Uh, the beeve is king of buckcake, <laughs> Bukaki, or Uh, you don't understand Bukaki. I I don't want to understand Bukaki. Thank you. But I listen. The fact is, the Rangers are going to have. You know, they're going to. By the way, the uh, just so the uh, the Jeffrey over there, (laughs) the Jeffrey, (laughs) the Jeffrey over there knows. uh, Even though Garrett Cole did not have a good game, uh, the Yankees are up nine to seven. So, yeah, just had show the you bases
3: that. loaded with two outs. Yeah, right so now. so
2: just so you know, it doesn't have to be Garrett Cole. I told you they were going to win and they won. I, I, they're going to win. I, I, I will say this uh, I did think the Rangers were going to win. I did, and they didn't, they didn't pull it off. I, I was, I'm very surprised that the Rangers didn't play better than they, you would think they would. And they had the early one nothing lead, yep. but they, they they gave tampa breathing you know breathing room to come back in that game when you have a lead and you have a goalie as good as Shastukin you smother that team especially at home you take it out of those teams and, and and giving that bad goal up in the second at the end of the second period really smothered the rangers into the third period where uh well, three minutes left of the game, they give up a bad goal. Yeah. You
3: know? It's it's one of those games where both teams were missing wide or hitting the post on their good chances, and then they just get these ones that just squeak into the toughest angles. The Rangers goal was a really weak
2: one. <laughs> Ryan Gary lingers. Sanchez, not surprised, uh, you know. Oh. Be able to catch a ball. So,
3: Gary Sanchez not doing it against his former team. Uh, not the revenge game you want to have, Gary.
2: Not surprised that he can't catch a ball but or, or stop a ball from going into the dirt, but. Yeah, you know, uh, the Yankees dealt with that for years, and now uh, the Twins have to do well, it. Well, here's the thing the Twins traded
3: Mitch Garver as in, in their package to eventually get Kiner Falafa, who they then trade to the Yankees. So they trade him because of his lack of a defense, and then just get Harry Sanchez instead. So yeah. uh, commit to that, and I think now they gave him. I don't know if it was arbitration or an extension of his contract. They gave him $9 million now, too. So we'll see if they can make that kind of thing work. His offensive has been okay, but nothing special. And...
2: Oh, and we got the beef. Oh,
3: Beef reaction time. Uh,
2: you ready to hear this, ladies and gentlemen? The ref stink. The refs screwed the Rangers. Game was fixed. <laughs> oh,
3: Snug says, "I'd love to see an Islanders game with Lyle at UBS." Yes, I'm sure you're probably the only one here, Snug. And that, uh it's not called Champra Bay. How was the game
2: fixed? Okay, I don't know, I don't know about I, that. I, 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 we've been watching this whole game, even doing this radio show and concentrating on what we're talking about. For anybody to think that that game was fixed is ridiculous. Okay, uh, if anything, now did the Rangers have a lot of power plays? No. They did not. But th- throughout this series, they've had more power plays than the, the Lightning. And Lightning didn't score on any power plays. So what 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 was fixed about the game?
3: Well yeah, the the Rangers streak of the amount, the amount of power play goals they score was bound to level out eventually, but again, to this to this level they still haven't gotten a lot where they've created their own penalties either like they were doing against Carolina where they were getting their defense off guard a little bit especially in these games. It definitely wasn't games. fixed.
2: Uh, yeah. definitely wasn't. I don't know, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as fixed. I mean, the 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 argument can be made for You know when I said when I told him that uh the Vazulovski goal was a bad goal. He, it was. He he didn't say that it was. He says. Well, at first he was like, well, it, it was a good goal, but I said Vazulovski was screened. So I said he says the same thing with Shosturkin. He will never admit, no matter what. That the Rangers have been lucky to be where they are. Today.
3: No, I, the, the Rangers' goal was the weakest of the three the three natural goals that were scored in this game. Because I think Vasilevsky was not expecting Lingren to shoot at all because he doesn't shoot much. That was a bad angle to begin with. And again, it was just more of a reactionary thing. He wasn't screened a lot. Shesterkin, yeah, he was screened on the first goal. I gave I gave Sergachev a little more credit for the first goal. The second goal was definitely weak on that part. But all in all, it was just one of those weird games where those are the only things going in or getting remotely close. A lot of the top-notch scoring chances that you would try to go for are going in or they were hitting the post.
2: I, I Listen, I, I respect the beef. I really do. He's one of my friends. I, but to say that the game was fixed and the refs are the reason why, nah. it, it's ridiculous stop it and if the rangers won the game it wasn't the refs and the refs were great it's just it it's horrible you you can't sell that take to anybody and by the way if the rangers don't win this series being up 2 to nothing that is a big smack in the rangers face okay you're you're if you're a ranger fan right now and and, and you can sit here today and say well the Rangers were up two to zero against the Stanley Cup champions, and you couldn't close the deal, being up two zero, and you have the best goalie in the world, supposedly. That's what Ranger fans say that they have. Right. Um, that's not a good sign. And it, again, it goes back to game. You know, the, the first series of the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Penguins against the Ming, you 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 had problems with a third string goalie. And now you're going. You're, you're playing Vasilowski who's he's a great goalie. He's one of the top three goalies in the NHL. But to come out here and, and get a two-zero lead in this series, and then cough it off, cough it up, and choke and lose three games in a row—that's a bad look. As a, and don't and and I, I guarantee you, Ranger fans are going to be. Shooting up, either Ranger fans will be making excuses like the beef or putting down the Rangers saying the series is over. By the way, the series is not over.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm just content where they are at this point. like I, what, I had Lightning in six in the beginning. Now, the Rangers, again, they've been doing good in bunches so far this whole postseason. Came back down 3 1, won three in a row, then lost 2 1, 2. I wouldn't it's be all surprised.
2: bunches. I wouldn't be surprised if this goes seven games. So they have
3: to, if, if it goes seven games, it might actually help them the way they've been winning a bunch of because they, they rarely win and then lose so far has been their track record. Usually they win two and a half. Now, granted, the splits haven't been there where one of them has been home and then rode, except for the Carolina series. So the, it might actually promise to benefit the Rangers because that Lightning aren't exactly the greatest in the longer series either. They did it against the Islanders in seven games last year, but besides that, they've are more built. they been more built to dominate the way they have and haven't been as good when it, their back's against the wall. Before that, they were blowing 3-2 leads. They blew a 3-2 lead against Washington. They blew a 3-2 lead against the Penguins. They, so they've had their own shit of it in the past, too. Now, I still wouldn't favor it. I still would favor the Lightning at home for the time being. But, again, the Rangers winning in bunches is the is the, is the trend right now. And that could be a good thing and a bad thing for a young team.
2: This kid, Michael King, for the Yankees, has been absolutely sensational. A king. A king. He has really been fantastic. I, I mean, him and Holmes, what a steal. The Yankees uh, stealing him from the, the Pittsburgh Pirates last year i mean what's his e- what's his era 0.9 last time i checked it was 0.68 it's ridiculous i mean these two guys have been and and by the way schmidt has been fantastic in the bullpen could you imagine when the Wisecup comes back? I yeah, mean,
3: he if he comes back to the form he was the first month. Yeah, that would be a sc- That'll be a scary thing because he could pitch in so many different roles too. And
2: all right, let, let's see what the beef
3: is. Oh, yeah. we got a beef sighting on the call or a text? attacks. No, a text. Oh, what is it now? Nope,
2: go watch it. Uh, blank F joke. Uh, this was totally a F fix. F unbelievable. So everybody knows what F means. Yeah. Never yes. in my life the, uh, have I ever seen something like this.
3: Yes. The the uh, the rejoicing, the, the Fs of the of the Draymond Green, uh, or the Celtics fans toward Draymond Green, now the Fs of the refs towards the B. Uh,
2: we don't see any posts from Tyler. Who's watching the New York Ranger game?
3: Speaking of, uh, speaking of compl- uh, complaints about the beef, complaining about referees. Mm-hmm. Snug comments. The referees hate the Rangers and the Cowboys.
2: The referees. The referees. This time, I am serious," he says. Did you see anything that was fixed about this game?
3: I, uh, not that I knew noticed. I mean, again, we were on air, so we were watching it as closely, but it didn't seem like anything drastic. It was back and forth. We'll There's... watch the
2: game again. It, it I'll was... watch
3: I, it again. I, I, I didn't notice anything that was Neither really really egregious either way. There wasn't like a controversial goalie interference or all those things they were letting the Penguins get away with in that series. I mean, it wasn't anything like that. Gifted to Tampa. But
2: it was the WEF we. <laughs>
3: Snuck says the beeve is not aware of his neg- his presence negatively affects the teams that he cheer for. Could be the smell. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, I have to share two of those teams. So hopefully, it doesn't carry over to the Mets. But
2: the Mets have their own problems. Of, I don't yeah. think it was the referees. I I, I think it's ridiculous. It's a diff- for for anybody that's a sports fan to 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 have a take like that and say. That well, the Rangers were screwed. Yeah, listen, it Rangers- has
3: to be dur- drastically egregious. I didn't see anything like that. It wasn't like the Penguins' stuff.
2: The Rangers were not screwed in that game, and and uh, I, I can't, I can't sell. You, if you're a fan, you cannot sell that to me. That the Rangers were, lo- the Rangers got screwed. I, I, you can't, you can't sell it. And uh, love you, beef, but you can't sell that to me. You can't. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of sports and you're you you're actually follow us and. You actually tune into us. I can't sit here today and say, "Hey, you know what? It's 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 the wees. You know, it's it's horrible. It's a horrible take." And I I can't uh, if if I were to sit here every single day and and want to blame the referees for my team's loss when I know for a fact it's a lot more than that. It's it, it's you can't blame the referee. The Rangers had plenty of chances to win this game.
3: Plenty. Of yeah, chances.
2: yeah, it's a, it's an odd. It's an odd game of
3: fluke, uh, fluky goals, and then good chances just not happening, and a good mixture of good and bad goaltending. It's just a combination of all that. That's wacky playoff hockey, and I don't think anything was more than that with anything drastically egregious. There wasn't like a controversial. Let me ask you a question. I- I'm injury sorry to- or anything? I'm yeah. Sorry to
2: come off. but yeah. <laughs> Holmes has been the the closer for the Yankees, right? Since uh, for like a week, I, I would say. If if you were the Yankees, when Chapman comes back, do you keep Holmes as the closer?
3: I'm not. I'm not obsessed with closer formalities. I think he's comfortable in any role to be able to do that. I would say it depends on what Chapman's stuff looks looks like. I would keep Holmes maybe the first couple couple days, but I'm not. In, I'm not really as interested in the formality because Chapman's not a guy that pitches well in other roles, so I would be reluctant. Or do you? To you work. move Jonathan Wise to the closing role. Yeah, like I said, I think I'm good with a closer by committee. Get everyone situated for that, and get it planned for the playoffs so they're not blowing a save later on. Because the Yankees have most of their problems in the playoffs have been later in games too. the The series in the uh, the COVID year, they lost against the Rays. They lost in the eighth inning on a home run. The Astros won't even. I know, the, obviously, the cheating, but still, they lost that one. A lot of those games late, and even the first first couple times against the Astros too, they lost them late. And I think that's because they just have a lot of these pure closers that don't do well in these other situations. So I'm fine with just adjusting with closer by committee at this point. Let all let the kids try too. Let let Hol- let Holmes try, but also maybe let King try, maybe let some of these other kids try. I don't I have nothing against just going by a committee. I'm kind of with the uh, when we had Ryan Spader on, I'm kind of with his boat of thinking let these guys stretch out in a different relief roles. Uh, and uh, the Yankees have the bullpen to do that.
2: Yes, it's it's Pretty impressive, by the way, uh, to one of the worst GMs in baseball history, <laughs> Brian Cashman, oh, who has weighed out his welcome here in New York, by the way, for all the Yankees. I would love, you know, we should get Tyler on the show. We should call Tyler and get Tyler. You know what? I want you to call Tyler. I want I want Tyler to come on the show on the phone. Call him up. Get him on. You have his phone number, right?
3: Yeah. Oh, you, what do you mean? Like now? Call him up now. I want Tyler on the All phone. Right. Well, I guess we could do that while we wait for our second guest. Yeah, why
2: not? No, no, actually, after the guest. After the guest. All right. We'll the see. Last we'll 20 see. 20 minutes. Yeah, we'll see we'll, if he's still awake, We'll a get wink, the great <laughs> Tyler Harrison on the show and, and listen to the, the the craziness of what he thinks about the Rangers. And by the way, the Yankees, uh, his excuses. oh, the Yankees are... Uh, Oh, it's still early. Okay, it, it's early. The Yankees have played fi- over fifty games, right? I think it's like almost oh, yeah so, fifty five games. Uh, yeah, they were forty. You're and more 19. than a quarter okay. into the season, and the Yankees have forty wins. Okay, they have the best record in baseball by at least three games. And to say that they're lucky or they, you know, it, it just I'm tired of listening to these these self-proclaimed sports fans that don't know what they're talking about okay that this isn't this isn't going to change do you think that you know if the yankees go on a skid and lose 10 games it's going to make a difference i mean it's not it's not. I mean, you, you
3: would hope it doesn't get to that point. But even again, even a small losing streak is all you could maybe hope for. They're is not. To, mo-
2: they're not losing five games in a
3: row. No, I can't imagine that either. I not just with
2: the, not the way they're. Pictured. I'm just
3: saying, like, it, it's bound to happen just statistically. Just the, how how good can they weather the storm? Can they still play well in those games? Can they still avoid injury? That's that'll be the main key. Because again, statistically, it's going to happen at some point. You just out to hope it's not like last year where they were great for a month and bad for a month, and great for a month and bad for a month,
2: and now they, they're, they're, they've been fairly healthy uh, as far as lineup is concerned. and But even their pitching staff, even if their pitchers get hurt, they their their bullpen is as good and as dominant as any bullpen in baseball. Uh, so they lost Jonathan ago They lost Chapman. It doesn't even matter. They still have the best bullpen in baseball. That just tells you the depth that, by the way, the worst GM in baseball has <laughs> built. So... All those pitchers, oh, they didn't bring in Max Scherzer. They didn't They didn't have a good offseason. They didn't bring any big relief pitchers in. They didn't have to. They had, No, it was better that way. Because... They had two pitchers from their farm system in Schmidt and King that came up that have been dominant. And then they bring in Holmes in a trade. By the way, at the trade deadline for the worst GM in baseball bringing him from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And by the way, every single player he's brought from the Pirates has been successful with the Yankees.
3: Snuck <laughs> says, LMAO, after the season, he will do an investigation on issue the beef Report. It will be unintelligible and it will smell like coleslaw. Mm-hmm. And why are we discussing the amazing Cortez mustache or how amazing the Cortez mustache is? It just he gets better pitch... every season.
2: Yeah, he did not pitch well yesterday. He, he didn't. And, and Garrett Cole didn't pitch well today so we'll see if this this continues you know moving in that direction but i again i think it's been very impressive with this offense they they've played great fundamental baseball they really have and they're not just hitting home runs they're hitting for average some of these guys i think they have two guys that are hitting over 300 two other guys I think the the worst guy in that lineup is Gallo, who's hitting like you know two sixteen or, or something like that. that. Yeah. I mean, most of those players, even Donaldson's batting average has gone up. So, and and by the way, uh, what's going on with Trevor Stories right now, huh? <laughs> what's going on with Trevor? You know, I, I haven't heard anything with Trevor Stories. Uh, is he hitting the ball still? I don't know.
3: Judge is the only one over, over, above, above
2: three hundred right now, but he's got nine b- home runs. Both thirty.
3: Both him, both him, and
2: he's on a record breaking pace right now, Aaron Judge.
3: Yeah. Bo- both him and Rizzo have, and he's near, not doing near forty RBIs. And Stanton has thirty six before he got hurt, so he's not far behind. Well, the,
2: this is the first time in Yankee history that you know, it, with I think thirty five games or less of the season, that they had three guys with over double digit home runs: uh, Stanton, Rizzo, and Judge. That's the first time a Yankee lineup in the first thirty five games has had that in history. That's shocking. It wow. is right with yeah. Lou Gehrig and <laughs> Babe Ruth and Mike Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio and all those Yogi Berra, all right. those players. This is the first time that the Yankees have had three players with double digits in the first thirty thirty five games of the season. So that the Yankees are hitting too. I mean, yeah, uh, and they're hitting my a, a huge clip. I mean, they have the best. They have the most home runs in baseball. I think they. I think they have the most home runs in baseball right now. I think they're amongst the league's top ten in batting average. If I'm not mistaken, not
3: batting average, but on base percentage. On base percentage, yeah, because a lot of their batting where's average, their batting average? Their at? batting averages look 15th? look like yeah, they're they're somewhere in the middle because they have a lot of they have a lot of two thirty guys. that well, are got down the lineup. They got Gallo, too. Glaber, two forty nine, Donaldson two thirty seven. So it's better than what they've been, but it's still not great. But a lot of those guys still have close to three hundred, over three hundred on base percentages, though too. And
2: listen, and, and, and Snug says the Red Sox are finally over five hundred. If that's what you're – and I, I by the way, I told this to Jeff. The Red Sox are not that bad, okay? Uh, they started the season off bad. I expect the Red Sox when Paxton comes back and uh, Sale comes back, this is this is a better rotation than we thought they were going to be, uh, what they started off the season being what they were. I, I think that with the Red Sox, that has been very, very impressive about them is – that they haven't given up. We've seen teams start off the season really, really bad. And they just give up the season. They trade away pieces. They rebuild. They make, they make trades for, you know, young players to put in their, you know, to put in their, their, their farm system to build a team. The Red Sox are not going to do that. Now, what are they going to do with Devers? Are they going to re-sign Devers? Are they going to move on from him? Bogarts is a free agent in the offseason. Do they re-sign him? I think they're going to move Trevor Stories to the shortstop. I think Bogarts is gone. That's what I think.
3: Yeah, it's definitely possible at this point. He would have, If he wasn't gone, he was going to be signed already type thing. And I think the Red Sox, they've gotten some good stretches of pitching this year, but just not consistently. Alex Cora is not the best manager in baseball. Okay, he's not. Yeah, he was out of baseball for a couple years. It's tough to call yourself the best right
2: away. He's a good manager. Yeah, yes, he's a good manager. He is a good manager. I would say he's a top five manager in baseball. That's the only reason why the Red Sox brought him back. Uh, I, I think it was a good move by the Red Sox, especially what they did last year going all the way to the American League championship. That was an amazing Feed for the Red Sox, right? And that was Daniel kind of shit. a surprise type thing,
3: and that—that's yes. what elevated his stock back again because he was out, he was out for the the couple of years that he was after the whole cheating scandal, so. He re- he elevated that stock to be one of the best, especially the way he managed the pitching, the way he managed the I guess lesser talented players on that team, and a lot of the new pitchers that came up right at the end of the season. So that's where it'll be elevated. Now they've done better at rallying around the slow start that they had, and they've had good stretches of starting pitching. Michael has pitched well this year. Um, you're looking at you're looking at Garrett Whitlock as somebody that's found some good good stretches, both out of the bullpen and starting this year. So, they've had good pitching. It's just, they're just only a couple guys. They need the depth to step up. Like you were saying with Story, he struggled at the beginning of the season and some of the other hitters that you would expect more out of. And they need to get more consistency in that. What
2: do you think about this Pete Alonso and, uh, Marte injuries. I, I know a lot of their fans were going. were thinking that this was going to be bad. Marte could be back by the end of next week. Yeah. Uh, Peter Alonso. Everybody thought he had a fractured finger. He looked like he was bending his finger up, in the bench it looked bad. Uh, it was nothing. Uh, he, he, I think they said it was bruised and sprained. Yeah.
3: There were. There was no. There was no. B- no break. bone break, which at usually all.
2: means surgery, which means right. six to seven weeks, but. Uh, None of that. It looks like he'll be back up. There it is. (laughs) This was the worst officiated game I've ever seen. Okay. There we go. Good old Beavette. I love I. You know what I love about him? It's so interesting is that he has so much love for his teams, and he will do anything, anything to make a point to prove that his team wasn't at fault to lose in that game. He mm-hmm. does it all the time. He does it all the time. And he'll 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 stress it and make a point. Now, when the Rangers, if the Austin's Rangers, a player he completely hates. If the Rangers lose this series, he'll blame the referees. <laughs> the WFWES. And we'll go from there. <laughs> We've seen this <laughs> oh, all yeah. the
3: time. That's how that's how the great catchphrase the waffleese got started.
2: As far as the Pete Alonso thing, I I I never thought that Pete Alonso broke his finger. I never did. I even watching it. I I think he's like uh, double jointed or whatever the hell they call it because he was bending his hmm. finger all over the place, and he didn't look like he. It looked like he was. It was sore, but it didn't look like it was broken. And for, the Mets have dodged a bullet with both those players not being significantly hurt right. because over the years the Mets have always had bad luck and losing arguably one of both their two. Probably best hitters, I honestly would say that. I mean, Lindor's had a good season, but all in all, I think the two best hitters on the Mets are Alonzo and Marte. To not lose him for a significant amount of time, Speedy, as in, I know you're a Met fan, you should be very happy about that. Now,
3: here's the thing I would be cautious about. Marte is still older, and he's still very speed-reliant. So I would be still more cautious with him. I know he's not going to likely need an I.L. stint, which is good. But still, be careful. Don't play him at all in center field. They haven't done it a lot anyway this year, but he's played most of the year in right field. Because
2: nemo has been awesome.
3: Yes. So I, I would be reluctant to even just do it at that point, and maybe even taking him out at certain points for... Other offensive. honestly, the best
2: defensive outfielder this year has been Brendan Nemo, which I'm fine with. And because you should be ecstatic, I I mean, who would have thought he would have been the best center fielder in baseball this year? So, exactly why they could could strategize
3: that. And if they're down in a game and they need the offense, not that he doesn't provide a good, good bat, but they have a lot of offensive depth of guys that could hit, they could take him out and. Be cautious with him, especially against some weaker opponents. They're playing against the Angels this weekend, who haven't won a game in who knows how long 14 losses in a row. So you could maybe. I feel
2: so bad for Mike Trout.
3: Well, yeah, but he's a, he's not hitting either. He's I think 0 for his last five games or something. But
2: nevertheless, not all his fault. But still, the Mets now. Could can... you believe that somebody pe- so many people put Mike Trout over Aaron Judge right now for the MVP? It's so <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. That, uh, Aaron Judge hasn't
3: had a slump of 0 for five games yet, so it's gonna be. He's tough hitting to...
2: three thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> to, to Mike Trout's two seventy something. Yeah, I mean... it's gonna be
3: tough to make that argument now,
2: if the, if you had it at that point, to, because Aaron Judge hasn't had that. What well, sucks about yeah. it is, is Aaron Judge is having a crazy season. If he continues doing this, he's going to win an MVP. And, and if the Yankees don't pay him, somebody will. I, I mean, he's going to get a lot of money this offseason. If he has a record-breaking season where he had 60-something home runs, and like 65 home runs. Yeah, and, I mean, that would prove and, he stays healthy
3: the whole year. Too. And
2: 140 RBIs. And he wins the MVP for the Yankees and wins a gold glove, which right now he's been one of the best right fielders in baseball. I mean, he's going to get a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we talk about this corner. I mean, you didn't think the Yankees were going to give him two hundred and fifteen? No, I didn't. I mean, the Yankees are going to have to start to scavenge up money for two hundred and fifteen, maybe even three hundred million. I mean, I I don't know if the Yankees are going to do that. I, I especially when they have two players that they're paying three hundred million to. Right. So I, I think Aaron Judge could be gone, and I, I it's crazy to say that the Yankees being outbid for their player, but. It's gonna be it's gonna be very hard to bring back Aaron Judge when you're gonna have to re-sign other players. I mean, uh, Saverino's Savarino. a free, he's yep. a free agent this year. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I
3: mean, and it's also how you're gonna make the rest of that money work if you don't pay Aaron Judge. Okay.
2: Isn't too, uh, what's his name again? Um, uh, the kid from Pittsburgh that they they, they traded for. Tyone. Tyone. Is I'm, he free injury? I'm injured? not
3: sure. He might have one more year. But, yeah, they're going to have to pay him if that's the case. Yeah, he's having he, a fantastic yeah, year. Yeah, he, he'll probably, because he's he's not old, but he's 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 had a lot of injury issues. He might get a shorter contract, but still average annual value could cause it to be front-loaded in that sense. And from that
2: standpoint, the Yankees have to decide if Aaron Judge. By the way, the Yankees won again. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. Maybe Garrett uh, Garrett Cole could give a little back, yeah. Garrett Cole, um, I,
3: I don't think so. I don't, it, it you can't. I don't know if you can restructure the same can't. way Not in baseball, baseball because it's Not all guaranteed money. No. Because uh, yes, there are plenty of football teams that do that, but because baseball is directly all guaranteed money, there's no way to restructure it like that.
2: Where Garrett Cole can. Could... Joey Gallo's getting hot. He just hit two home runs tonight, so expect him to get hot. Where he's going to hit eight or nine home runs in like. 10 games and then fall apart again. We, we've seen this. Well,
3: game. yeah, right. you, you, you would think that he might want to even just try to do it for to keep some kind of role starting. DH role I expect the, the Yankees.
2: I expect the Yankees to trade him at the trade deadline. There are plenty of teams that are going to be looking for a power hitter to make the playoffs with. The yeah. Yankees don't need him. He's right. expendable. Uh, I expect the Yankees to make a move, yeah, for a, a relief pitcher or somebody like that,
3: or even just a different type of bat
2: too. Just get, get... I don't think they need bats. So.
3: No, I don't think they need it either. I don't think they need much of anything really at
2: all. It's just a matter of just you can getting always getting use concepts. you can always use another arm. And I, I, I think the Yankees will be they'll be gunning for at least another starter or a relief pitcher. <laughs> Rangers fans suck. By Jeff, thank you. Uh, Jeff. Snug
3: says maybe Jacob Degrom could try center field. By the way, yeah, Jacob Degrom
2: looks like he, he's he's going to be back sometime uh, this month, and also Max Scherzer's throwing bullpen sessions, so he could be back in another week or two. So yeah, I
3: heard that too. Which I, for for Scherzer, I, I definitely the way he's. Be able, he's come back from injuries, has definitely been impressive. So I would trust it a little more with him. But, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see on DeGrom if he can come back the same. That would be his first time pitching since the end of last uh, He'll July. He'll be fine when he
2: comes back. I yeah. Mean, any any Met fan that thinks that Jacob DeGrom doesn't know his own body is ridiculous. I, I mean, this guy has been the best pitcher in baseball. And, and to have... Could you imagine if Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer come back at the same time? I mean, as a Met fan, you should be very ecstatic the way they've been playing and to get arguably two of the best pitchers, two of the top three pitchers in baseball back uh, mm-hmm. at the same time before the All-Star break. That's uh, – you You should be very excited if you're a Met fan. Uh-huh. I'm very excited.
3: Snuck says, don't tell the beef, but I sent the refs a dozen cupcakes to throw the game
2: for me. Mets yes. are 38 and 21 right now mm-hmm.
3: yeah they've had two tough uh, two bad games in a row against the Padres but they took the first game of that series and they split with the Dodgers so they're now doing well against good teams too which is a good sign for them the Dodgers
2: haven't played well either so. no
3: they haven't but they even though they have a good record but. yeah but it's still the, the Mets even just competing with with those top-notch teams they did well against the Cardinals already this year that are a, t- a good team in the NL Central the Brewers they did well against I think they took two out of three from them already. And, again, they had two – it was bound to happen where they were having two blowout losses. They just had it against the
2: Padres. Now they hope to bounce back against the lowly, lowly Angels. So funny when I, I – I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for Tyler. And we're still waiting for our special guest. Yeah, here. he said he was coming back from a softball game that he said he said 11 would be good, but he might be running late. That's all right. Uh, we should we should get Tyler involved. Why don't you call Tyler? All right, we'll try calling Tyler now. Nah, try, try to call Tyler. Let's put his uh... – his big ass on this show. I, I, I'd i love to hear. Could, could you plug him in on your phone? Yeah. Is it going to be fine? All right. Cool. Okay, call. Get him on the phone. I, I I would love to hear his excuses with this Ranger game. Uh, who wants to hear Tyler Harrison, a.k.a. the living legend? You know what? Our national nightmare is almost over. <laughs> the beeve needs to call in and explain how he knows the refs fixed it. Well, uh, I will say this, Snug. Um, oh, here we go. We, we going to get Tyler on. Let's we'll just put him through. Let's. It, it, he. If Tyler answers, I'll be very excited because I've been waiting to get this guy on the phone and hear his bull. You know, nobody wants Tyler. I know Jeff. Nobody wants to hear Tyler, but to get him on the phone and hear his excuses, and he's probably drunk too. That would be great too to hear a drunk Tyler come on the show. It doesn't seem like he's coming on. So, uh, no, no attacks on Tyler if he doesn't show up on the show. Speedy's not coming on. He's not coming on. He would have answered in the first two. Nothing. He's not coming on. We tried. Unfortunately, Tyler doesn't want to handle the wrath of the non-Ranger committee here on the sports Lab mounts. But nobody wants Tyler. Tyler probably is plowing Beave's mom. Oh, God. Very nice. Oh, Uh, Jeff. At least it... At least somebody's having fun, you know? <laughs> don't encourage him. I'm just saying. What is he saying? What is Snug saying over here?
3: He'll probably be able to smell the strawberry henny over the next. Well, do they stra- sell strawberry henny at Madison he Square He loves Garden? that strawberry henny. Yes, and, I, and, then he 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 hooked, and then he hooked Jarvis Green to it.
2: <laughs> well, good for him. I, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, I would, I, I'm very surprised that the Beave and Tyler don't like each other. They're very alike in a lot of ways with their teams. I mean... Except that Beef thinks that the Mets, the the Rangers, and the Cowboys could do no wrong. And Tyler thinks that the Rangers could do no wrong, Uh, but he can't stand the Yankees, and he doesn't know what kind of fan he is with football. He once was a Saint fan, now he's a Giant fan, he doesn't know who he is, so... Uh, good for. And by the way, he always sticks up for the Giants, no matter what.
3: Yeah, I know. For a guy that is like only partially a Giant fan, <laughs>
2: he sticks up for the Giants all the time.
3: Uh, yeah, he did more than I did, like even four years ago, when I still thought they were decent. The Giants, like he was, like saying he was putting them as a playoff team just because they, like, just because their twenty eighteen draft, which He's I did a, think was good at the time. He is was... a
2: hidden Giant fan who hates the Jets. By the way. And we'll do anything to talk bad about the Jets, no matter what the Jets do. And I never asked Tyler what he thought about the Jets draft. I would be very intrigued to hear what that idiot has to say about that. But it, it's, I'm not surprised that Tyler isn't calling the show because, honestly, Tyler walked out of the show because he would rather go drinking and hanging out at bars. So that's Tyler Harrison for you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, why don't we go to a quick break? Um When we come back, uh, we'll get into the Baker Mayfield situation. Uh, Debo Samuels reports to the 49ers, and McLaurin and Metcalf uh, did not report to their uh, team. So when we come back, I have an idea what could fix McLaurin's situation with Washington and Metcalf's situation with Seattle. And I will tell you what it is when I come back here. On the Sports Loud
0: you're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, as you know. This is the Sports Loud Mouths. 631 672 3108 is the number to call. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Or you can go to our app, iOS, WWSRN or Android Worldwide Sports Radio Network. How wonderful. So, we had the beef. We had the wonderful Jeff, uh, you know, going back and forth and not making this show a PG thirteen show, just a rated R show. We tried to get Tyler Harrison, and I'd like to thank Garrett Price for joining us on this very wonderful show today. Um, we're still waiting for our second guest. Yeah, he said
3: he has technical issues, so we'll see if he comes. He's trying to come in again.
2: Mm. He was playing softball. That's his technical. difficulties.
3: difficult. Yeah, hopefully he didn't hit his computer screen with the softball.
2: Maybe he was uh, hanging out with Tyler Harrison, drinking, uh, you know, a strawberry henny. What do you guys think about that? What happened to Carl?
3: He he's been going in and <laughs> Carl, out. Carl, Carl came in for the interview and the, and then he he just left after that. Déjà
2: vu. What what's going on with Carl? He can't stay in for a whole show? What are you doing, Carl? You wanted to know why we took a break for a week and now you can't even stay on for a whole show?
3: Maybe here maybe, maybe Jeff didn't even bash Michigan tonight. So I I try to what what is it with this, with with Carl? I don't know. I don't know.
2: Oh, maybe we bashed the Bears too much. Maybe that's what it was. No, we didn't bash the Bears that much. I just bash the Bears what they did with when it comes to the wide receiving core. And he knows. They did no, they gave no help to Justin Fields this week. No, nope, not at all. Not No offensive line. No receivers. I love that first name. They're, they're pretty much telling everybody that uh, it doesn't matter how many draft picks they gave up for Justin Fields. We expect him to be Superman on the field. I mean. Yeah. I mean.
3: David Montgomery is a good running back. I mean, the Jets helped. Garrett's high on Komet as a, like, as a
2: fantasy tight end. Is he, like, a, a talent-wise top-ten tight end? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, the Jets helped um, Zach Wilson. I mean, I could say that the Jacksonville Jaguars helped uh, Trevor Lawrence with the offensive line acquisitions they made in the offseason, and and they have some pretty good offensive weapons. Um, what else? Mac Jones uh, in the offseason. They added Devontae Parker. Uh, they added some offensive line help, so they helped yeah, They have, like, five running backs that are good. I, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, what have they done for this kid? What have the Bears done for poor, lonely Justin Fields? I mean, besides the fact that they have six tight ends on the team. Yes, and that's even losing Jimmy Graham. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I, I mean... And how could you sell that to your fans?
3: Yeah. They're a team that's just stuck in their strengths and stuck in the past that they haven't been able to turn a new leaf and go to the present yet. And yes, there are levels of dysfunction in certain teams that... You're, you're kind of stuck in trying to play one way. But we've seen teams reverse and try to be, like, in terms of just player development, build well. The Browns were thought of as dysfunctional. Yes, they might still be now with the Deshaun Watson thing, but they, they built a really good team. Mm-hmm. The Raiders are now finally realizing, oh, maybe we should make our players happy. And then try to trade. They trade for Devontae Adams. And th- their drafts have been bad, but they've still made it work with free agents. They've made good trades. And mm-hmm. uh, they overcame the all the offseason or the in-season chaos they had last year. So like certain teams that we thought of as dysfunctional are finally doing some good things, but there are just a couple others that are stuck. Washington, the
2: Bears, Miami, they're still kind of stuck. Are you stuck? Are you stuck in a little bowl or a little hole or a molder holder? A molder holder? A molder holder. Yeah. I don't want to know what that means. Would you hang out with Snug and just talk, you know, hang out in his house with all his uh, premature animals and Uh, hang out with his cats. I think he's got like six or seven cats. Would you, would you hang out with Snug? Sure. You would? You would hang out with Snug? Yeah. Snug seems like a fun guy. Yeah.
3: At least to me. Maybe, I don't know about other people, but, uh.
2: So you would hang out with Snug? Sure. What happens if he makes you diabetic? I doubt that would happen. Why? He loves his, uh, he loves his candy. He loves his, you know his uh,
3: cupcakes. Yes, he does. And it looks like our guest has arrived.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll put him through in just one second. Uh, I, six or seven cats per room. What? Six or seven cats? <laughs> You're going to still go to his house and hang out with him with his six or seven cats?
3: As long as they don't have to like sit on me all at once. They can sit in the same room.
2: Oh, I'm so you need that. the cats to sit on you? No, they don't. No, I'd rather have them not like sit on me and crush me. You're like, one can sit next to me. So fine. You, you, you like a lot of pussy. Is that what you're saying? Please don't go there. I'm just asking. I'm just, it's a good question.
3: No, please, no.
2: I asked you a question: six or seven pussies in a in a room.
3: They're not gonna. Okay, in a room is different than all sitting on me.
2: Well, you, I just asked you, would you. So you like a lot of pussies sitting on you? Oh my god, no! I just asked you. It's a good question. All right, no, it is a good question. I'm just, I'm just saying. Anyways, oh well, why don't we have our second guest? I know he's, uh, he's had a little bit of technical difficulties. He was playing softball, but we're happy to have him. Uh, we're now talking to draft champions, host, and fantasy baseball analyst, Rotor Dr. Zach. Dr. Zach, what's going on, bud? What's up, boys? Can you hear me? We hear you perfectly, man. Amazing. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, did you win at least? Actually, um, it got rained out. Oh, well, it got uh, rained out. So, yeah. ah, man. I mean, yeah, it, you can't win. You can't win today. I mean, you have yeah. technical difficulties. Right. And rained out, but you're here. That's a good thing. I'm here. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I, I mean, we were just talking to Speedy over there. He he likes uh, a lot of pussies in his house. Oh so, I, I mean... We... <laughs> Pussycats. My <I> apologies. <laughs> we
3: apologize for having you to bring into that uh, weird circumstance.
2: This okay, <laughs> is the worst kind of pussy to have in your house. At
4: least,
2: <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> well... Uh, if you actually listen to our show, and we like to have a lot of fun, Speedy has some interesting stories about his dog, so why not talk about that? Thankfully, that was not on our trip. That wasn't on your trip. So that your dog... was not on
3: our trip. Otherwise... So your dog wasn't with you? No. Again, if he was, again, that skunk might have been near
2: us. Um, so would his nose, if you know what I mean. Oh, his, <laughs> his nose would be
3: in more places his snout, than one.
2: His snout. Oh, but yeah. anyways. His, sno- his nose wouldn't be the only issue, but okay. Uh, so uh, why don't we get into a little bit about, we, this is the first time you've been on a show, and uh, we had Garrett Price on the show. He was fantastic. Uh, second time. So it, it, when we get you on the show, we love to have fun with our guests and, uh, a little bit, we like to get to know you first and then we'll, we'll go through a little bit of questions and, and, and have a little fun with you, but, uh, sure. tell us a little bit about, uh, how you became uh, a fantasy baseball guru and a draft champion and, and how you started as a, uh, a roto doctor. So, uh, what, what, what is that all about?
4: Well, roto doctor is just like sort of an inside joke, mm-hmm. but, um, to answer your first question, um. Just playing a lot of fantasy sports and uh, getting into um, something called the NFBC, which is a fantasy national fantasy baseball championship, which is high stakes fantasy baseball. So uh, putting out a lot of money on the line, playing a lot of uh, Roto. Um, Roto Doctor is sort of just a play on a lot of people like on the Internet or Twitter or just like want to be like doctors of like fantasy, which and it's sort of just like a play on that and that you shouldn't really take it too seriously. And it's sort of just like sort of like ribbing on them. But um, I'm I'm not a roto doctor.
2: Well, Speedy is a roto doctor for pussy, so oh, right? God. No, but pussy cats. Far from it. No, that's Snug. Snug ah, is the doctor. So he's, a, he's a roto vet. Yeah, he's a roto vet. There you go.
3: Snug is the doctor for cats,
4: not me. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? A lot of people, a lot of um people in the fantasy industry do have cats,
2: mm.
4: um, so uh, they're very. They like they like cats, so uh, maybe, well, maybe I, because like, the the people in the fantasy industry they just um I don't know, they, if you don't have like, a girlfriend or anything. They like that, a lot that of that pussy. Cat. Yeah.
2: They like a lot of pussy. You know why? Why can't like? Either you, way, you can't whatever, hide that, man. I you know. yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I I will say this: my girlfriend, she has uh, a cat, and it's uh, like I'm not a cat fan, but for some reason, I love her cat because she's she's always sleeping, she's sweet. So and she likes to lick and she's not one of those mean pussies, so that's a good thing. Remember why her also jump around like three different places. <laughs> well, that's that that's not her cat. Her cat's usually sleeping. That's why I oh, never okay. get a chance to see her. Anyways, we are talking to draft champion, host, and fantasy baseball analyst, Roto Doctor Zach. Uh so why don't we get into it? A little bit baseball. We were talking about baseball and uh the Yankees have been sensational all season long. And it, I know it's still very early uh we're we're over a little bit of a quarter of the season the uh, about i would say about fifty five fifty six games in the season right now uh the Yankees right now have the best record in baseball they're forty one i think in sixteen uh they're 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 playing as good as we've seen them in a very long time and has a lot to do uh playing you know playing very very well offensively uh they're hitting t- they're getting timely hitting they are a very good power team as as we've seen this year they've been one of the more defensive minded teams in all of baseball they have the best bullpen and before the last two days uh they've had record breaking starting rotation so what are your thoughts to the yankees so far what has stood out in your eyes uh, on how they've been playing
4: well are you guys Yankee fans or Mets fans? You guys, are I'm, a you? Fan. I'm a Yankee fan. He's a Mets fan. <laughs> <laughs> you guys Yankee fans? Well, I'm, I'm from Toronto, and I'm a J fan. So my thoughts on the Yankees are that they're probably going to fucking collapse as usual. <laughs> Their team is uh, – Cole is going to melt in the playoffs like he always does. Mm. Yeah, I don't even know if he's going to make the playoffs judging by tonight. Um, but um, I don't see it lasting, man. I, I think the Jays are going to take over, and maybe yeah. even the Rays and Red Sox. I think.
2: The, I think. The, uh, I don't know. I don't see. I, the... I think he hates the Yankees. <laughs> <I> think... <laughs> <laughs> That's You're all right. a Jays
3: fan. Tell T. Oscar Hernandez to wake up. He's on both
4: of my fantasy teams. <laughs> I will. I will. He's on my teams as well. He's got to wake he... up. All the, like, a bunch of these guys got to wake up. No, but I'm, yeah. I'm just. I'm maybe a little bit bitter because I've avoided Judge in fantasy because he's a outfielder that went early right. and he doesn't steal bases for me. Yeah. And he made me look stupid because he's been like basically the MVP. So I'm, I say, I say it, but I I, I kind of joke, I kind of joking around a little bit right now, but judge has been really good. And that rotation, like Nestor Cortez, like he's been like basically the sleeper. Like yeah. Cortez has been like what, what everyone sort of um, uh, experienced last year with Trevor Rogers and Logan Webb coming out of nowhere, like Cortez. And I'd say Lauer are those guys. And you got, you got an MVP and judge and you got, um, uh, like the sleeper pitcher maybe of the year at Cortez has been fantastic, and then um, you got a really good team around them. Rizzo's been sort of um like just from a fantasy's perspective, um they're they're gonna be t- they're gonna be tough to beat for sure. Um, hey, hey, I do hey, have to say, forget but they, about
2: they Tyon, be... too. Tayon has been very good too.
4: Tayon yeah. like he's a Canadian boy. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, gotta 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 love him. Yeah, he's been very he's been fantastic too. So like. Uh, even there's, a, they got a couple of guys that I was hoping to maybe see come out from the minor leagues and, mm-hmm. and pitch from like a fantasy perspective. They got uh, like Clark Schmidt, who's got a lot of talent, and they Fantastic. also got this guy Waldachuk, who mm-hmm. I drafted late in lot of leagues. He's been lights out. But their rotation has been the best in baseball. So as long as they stay healthy, they're going to be they're going to be really good. Um, they got Clay Holmes, who's been the best reliever in baseball.
2: Crazy, <laughs> crazy. By the way, everybody uh, man, that like says that Brian Cashman is, uh, you know. His time is wasting uh, with the Yankees. Everybody said that the uh, in the off season the the Yankees should get rid of Aaron Boone and get rid of Brian Cashman. They're terrible. They're horrible. Brian Cashman is probably going to be GM of the year, and Aaron Boone might he might be the first pitcher, the, the first manager in Major League history in his first five years to have not one, not two, but three one hundred win seasons. Uh, you know, in his first five years, and that's I, I know how good the Yankees are, but that says a lot about his managing. So. Uh, mm-hmm. You could say whatever you want about him. The team actually listens to him, so. What do you think about the closing situation? Is Chapman going to get the job back if and when he's healthy? I, 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 you know, I was just we were just talking about that before we got John. on, and it, it's so interesting because Speedy thinks that they should play by by committee. And that's what they should.
3: I don't really believe in like a lot of pure closers. I think the playoff strategy's changed.
2: I think Chapman is done. I think this is his last year with the Yankees. I think they, you know, Britain will be back next year. They still have him under contract. I think they'll move on from Chapman. He's throwing 94 miles per hour. I mean, as a fastball, that's not good enough uh, with the Yankees, especially that he's a fastball pitcher. He has two pitches. Um, I I think, I think King has been fantastic. Holmes has been fantastic. Schmidt's been fantastic. I, I think there's no, there's no bullpen as, as has, that has as much depth as the New York Yankees. So, I think the Yankees can use any one of these guys. I think it's going to be Jonathan Lawizka as their future closer. I think that's more unlikely what's going to happen. But uh, I, I think either way, I think Aaron Boone has done very, very well with this uh, this bullpen. He's kept this bullpen fresh, something that he hasn't done in the last couple of years. Uh, so, uh, if you would ask me, I, I think it, I don't think Chapman will be the closer when he comes back. I think they'll. They'll try to move him back into that, but they're going to realize it's either Holmes or Loisaka. They have more trust in those guys than Chapman. So that's what I think.
4: That's Sure enough. Um, it only begs the question: Is like what do you do with him? Because Chapman's only going to be worse if you don't put him in the ninth inning.
3: Right, that's what I was saying too. He hasn't been like, good in other roles. Right. So outside of that, yeah, like, like two games with the Cubs in the playoffs where he did well, that was really it. Well, they only
2: is he on, on, only under one more year in yes. his contract? Yeah, this, this is out this year, out, after
3: this year. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah. so it, I I don't think see the Yankees coming. You know, bringing him back. No. I, there's no reason. I mean, they and but the, here's the thing. You, you talk about King and Schmidt and all these guys that they brought in that we were talking about and, and the kid that you were mentioning. These guys aren't starters. These guys are relief pitchers. And and that's why I expect the Yankees at the trade deadline to look for a young pitcher that they can make a trade for that they know is probably going to be a part of this rotation for the next three or four years because I if they do somehow in the offseason decide to give – Aaron Judge the 250 or 280 million dollar contract that he wants uh, to stay with the Yankees, um, which I don't know. I I think it's more unlikely he is going to go to San Francisco. That's what I think. But um, if he stays with the Yankees, which a lot of people, a lot of experts think that he is, uh, they're not going to be able to sign Luis Severino, especially if he's had, he uh, has had the season that he's had this year. So they're going to have to part ways with him. So, they're going to need somebody that's going to come in, and they don't have to pay for two or three years. So, uh, that's going to be the interesting move for um, Brian Cashman. I also heard the Yankees are very interested in the Pittsburgh Pirates closer right now. Yeah, Batonar, yeah. That's what I've been hearing. So, I and, and, and knowing the Yankees and what the Yankees have done, they've, they've made moves with Colorado over the last couple of years and Pittsburgh. Two GMs that are very, very close with Brian Cashman. So, Plus uh, two teams that are easy to fleece, too. So. Yes. <laughs> so, Especially Pittsburgh. I expect, I expect the Yankees to maybe look for another closer uh, who is still under contract for at least another two or three years. Uh, if they do go after the Pittsburgh Pirates closer, uh, I don't think they need him, but why not? You never have enough pitching in that bullpen, right. so... Um, it's interesting. The Yankees are positioned so very well. And so are the, so are your Blue Jays. I mean, I, I like the Blue Jays lineup. I'm not a big Springer fan, but I love Guerrero. I, I think he, I think he's one of the best players in baseball. He's, he's a fantastic player. Uh, he's not his father, but he's, he's not that far off from his father. I love the players that they have their lineup is sensational. What what I question right now with them is their bullpen. I don't trust their bullpen. Uh they have a bunch of young guys in that bullpen. They they brought in some veterans in the offseason. I just I don't know and, and you know as as much as everybody knows, if you don't have a good bullpen in the playoffs, you're not winning nothing. So and that's why I worry about you know, if you're a Mets fan, I would be worried uh going into the playoffs with the bullpen they have. And the same thing with the Blue Jays. I don't trust their bullpen. Uh, so I would say if, if I were the Blue Jays, I would do everything I can at the trade deadline to add some bullpen, bullpen arms to help them out, including left-handed arms. Especially when you have to play teams like the Yankees that are big-time right-handed you know, power hitters. You know what I mean? So that's, that's where I think uh, uh, the Blue Jays have to go at the, you know at the trade deadline.
4: I agree. Uh, they're leaning on Romano a lot. Romano has been fantastic, but he has an injury history. He throws very hard. He was hurt last year. He had ulnar neuritis and he came back, I think, months before um, they intended him to. And, mm-hmm. and it was great. It worked out. But you never you always like think of like Jake DeGrom mm-hmm. and, uh, last year. And like he had all these knick knack injuries coming back like sooner than people expected. And it just didn't work out. Um as much as I would love Romano to stay healthy and do well, I kind of am worried about his health. And if he's gone, they really are thin, like you said. So, yeah, I agree. They need to make a move, probably, if they want to compete. Maybe trade for Chapman. Hmm. You know, New York might want to trade Chapman. They might. Before, they might. Like, right when he comes back.
2: But I, will the Yankees trade him in the same division? That's right. the no, probably
4: not. Yeah. Maybe to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> they should, they should, if the, Yankees, the Yankees would probably love to trade him. Um, Chapman to Philadelphia for Sir Anthony Dominguez mm. because he's been lights out and uh, maybe Trey Chapman, well, he still has that. I don't know. I guess, can the Phillies really afford guys, to
3: go for like the sixth flashy reliever that won't work for them? Exactly. <laughs> or- like they seem like a
4: great, like um, uh candidate, sort of like uh, a dumb and uh, a dumb and dumber candidate. Or Joe Girardi can come out of retirement and catch
2: for the Yankees. Or Joe Girardi can come out of retirement and catch for the Yankees. Would
4: you prefer him over Boone right now? <laughs>
2: No, 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 and I, and for Yankee fans, we had a guy that was on this show a couple of oh well, about a month and a half ago before we decided to part ways with him. He he's been he's been tailing and attacking Aaron Boone forever from the start since so they hired forever. And this is a guy that, and and this is why I stick up for him. This is a guy that has never managed in any you know triple A, Double A, Single A. Uh, he was an analyst on ESPN with Alex Rodriguez, okay? He comes into baseball. Brian Cashman trusts that he, he could bring him in and, and, and let let him coach and let him manage this team. And for a guy that has no experience to have possibly this year, he's moving on to another 100-win season in five years and, and, and has been to the playoffs almost every single year, that says a lot. Joe Girardi, he was here with the Yankees for how many years, 11, 12 years? He won one World Series because the Yankees that year spent $600 million on C.C. Sabathia, A.J. Burnett, who you know a lot about, and obviously Mark Teixeira. And then Alex Rodriguez had that unbelievable run in 2009. If that didn't happen, Joe Girardi never wins a championship. So to sit here and say Aaron Boone this and Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone has to prove that he can win in the playoffs. That's something that he didn't do. But you could also say that it was the, uh, the Houston Astros that screwed him on that one. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Aaron Boone has been successful as a manager. And if Aaron Boone were to get fired tomorrow by the Yankees, I would say there will be about uh, 15, 16 teams that will be lining up to bring him in.
4: Well, who are we kidding? Boone and Girardi? Neither of them are like a Tony La
0: No, not at all. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, none of them are Tony LaRusso where they're
3: going to walk a guy with a one-and-two count? Yeah, that sounds about right.
2: I mean, you you mentioned Tony LaRusso. What is Tony LaRusso doing right now with Chicago? Walking
3: guys, with intentionally
2: walking Trey Turner with a one-and-two count. I mean, I, I you can't mean... Even walk
4: in a straight line if he's trying to
2: intentionally walk someone. What does a manager do in baseball? Games? And you, What does he really do? You, if you know how to run your bullpen and you know how to you, take your, your your starting rotation out at the right time, you're doing a good job because... The, your hitters are going to hit, and they're not going to hit. They're going to get into slumps. They're not going to get into slumps. You can't tell the hitter how to move, how to swing the bat. They've been doing it their whole lives. What, what makes a manager, what, 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 what you pay a manager to do is make sure you don't kill your arms in your bullpen, make sure they stay fresh, and make sure your rotation is, is healthy enough to get through the season and eventually get healthy through the playoffs. So if you're doing that, you're a good manager. I mean, what is what makes Tony LaRusso so good? Because he's been in the league for such a long time, and he, he had guys like Dennis Eckersley. Uh, he had uh, one of the best uh Pitching coaches in baseball history over there with the Cardinals. I mean, he's and he's always had like Wainwright and and all these different Chris guys, Carpenter, Chris yeah. Carpenter. He's always had good pitchers on his staff wherever he went. He's had good pitchers. So Tony La Russa, the, the guy that I think is a very good manager, is the the guy with Cleveland who is probably going to retire this year. And I, you know I'm Frank talking Conner, about yeah. Frank Conner. I think he's a very good manager. He he was very successful with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I think he's done very he's done wonders for Cleveland pitching factory over there. Yeah, and and by the way, the Yankees took their pitching, you know, pitching guru in their farm system and now he's running the Yankees pitching rotation. What does that tell you?
3: And the Mets took their pitching coach and then he just did inappropriate things.
2: Yeah, what does that tell you about the Cleveland and what everybody thinks about Cleveland's rotation and stuff like that. They obviously know what they're doing. So uh I think Tony La. I think Tony La Russa is very. I've always thought Tony La Russa was highly overrated.
4: Yeah, I sort of said that jokingly.
2: No, I know, I, I, I know. <laughs> but you know, it's, I, it's so funny when I ask everybody, "Who do you think is the best managers in baseball?" and everybody says Tony La Russa. And I say, "Okay, really? yeah, say I, oh, absolutely, all the time." Top five. I haven't even thought about it. I don't even know who I would say the best manager in baseball is. Who do you Who do you think if you were to take your top five managers right now in order, who do you think is the top five right now today? Who is the top five managers in baseball?
4: I didn't even know. Like this I'm totally unqualified. I'll answer you, but I'm totally unqualified to answer this. It'd be me like just sort of just like
2: it's fine.
4: pulling pulling things out of my ass on your show. It's fine. Um which I don't know, you're talking I don't know. Uh you might you might want me to. Um
2: Go ahead, man. I don't care. Let's go Gabe Kapler. Okay. okay.
4: Like I don't know, like he, who I everybody he was, sort of a,
2: who everybody was from. running out of Philadelphia. Yeah, okay. man. <laughs> yep. Everybody was running him out of Philadelphia, and then he finally, yeah. he, he finally doesn't. Uh, he finally he does something right with the pitching and the hitting. Like yeah. I don't
4: know, if, like with behind every good manager, there's a there's a good staff and there's a good um, team like philosophy. Right. So like I don't think these managers are just doing it all themselves. I think right. It's, right. I think it's mostly not them and mostly other stuff. Just don't but trust guess, anything like,
3: with the Phillies. There's something
4: there in, in San Fran that they're doing right. Mm. I don't know, like. He's, he's there sitting on a bench, mm. but there's something they're doing right there. So I'll, I'll put him out there as one of my, one of the guys that mm-hmm. I think is probably doing something right.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Even though
4: their pitching is not as good as it was last year. Like they turned, they turned a lot of players like, like very good. They turned a lot of players into good pitchers that mm. weren't right. Like failed was, prospects elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm trying to think who else is like, is doing a good job. Um, I would say Buck. Twins. I would say twins, Buck. Baldelli yeah Baldelli uh, twins Baldelli seems like he's doing a good job show like, uh, a lot of underrated guys there um Luis Arias is okay. being like as much as like he, people don't He's not like a really sexy name for fantasy but he's a really good, he's been really good okay. uh this year and uh,
3: doesn't he uh, lead the American League in slugging percentage or something like that I don't know
4: I saw some yeah, weird
3: stat where he stuff. was he was up there in something average probably average average okay
4: yeah, he's probably leading, he might be leading the majors in average right now. He's like, the, he's basically doing what Tony Gwynn was doing back then. And that's even, even if he's um, almost doing that, it's impressive these days.
2: Mm. We are talking to draft champion host and fantasy baseball analyst, rotor doctor Zach. Uh, you know, you say you're a Toronto fan, you're from that area. Uh, what has stood out to you so far early this season as far as, uh, you know, we we talk about the Mets. Um, obviously, their rotation. Everybody thought we were going to see Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer, two dominant pitchers. They have not uh, stayed healthy this year. Uh, nice Houston, uh, yeah, Houston, thirty six and twenty one. They've had a very good season. What stood out to you so far early this season?
4: Maybe the like in terms of like what teams like been yep. sort of overachieving. Yeah. Besides yeah. the Yankees. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe the twins like twins like they they were selling off last year mm-hmm. and they they sold off like all their, their bullpen pieces, and um, I was talking to someone um uh, like on my show earlier this year and I said like, like Taylor Rogers would be a great bet to be like a good closer because they're gonna be I think a good team and ready to contend right again, and they don't really have anyone besides him, but it turned out to be like completely completely wrong because a he got traded and mm-hmm. b they have a great um. Uh, they have a great young pitcher in Young Dur- Duran uh, mm-hmm. that just came up and they've sort of turned themselves around and uh, that offense is fantastic. And like, they were like basically a seller and now they're, what are they, winning, are they leading the division now? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So they, they, they look like they're not going to let up either. Like that offense, as long as they stay healthy, um, they got, uh, they got Buxton, who's, you might be the best player in the game. Like really? when he's playing. And I know mm-hmm. he has a lengthy injury history. Yeah, They also got a guy named Royce Lewis that's um, mm-hmm. that no one expected to stick up, like stick up in the, ma- in the major leagues. They did send him down as soon as Korea came back, but he was back up. They found a reason to bring him back up again. He's hurt now, but he could be back soon. Mm-hmm. So, and he was one of the few rookies, I mean, you know, if you look at like Adele and Kalenic and all these other rookies that have struggled, even teammates like Miranda, that actually was uh, running right out of the gate and, doing, and hitting balls 114 mm-hmm. miles an hour. Uh, hitting over 300, not striking out. So that like they're going to find a place for him, I believe. They should. So I think that
2: could be a scary team. Buxton, you'll you'll watch. I mean, obviously, he's a center fielder. He'll be traded before you know it, so he won't be there much longer. (laughs) What are you talking about? He just signed like a $100 million contract. Exactly. They sign him, and then they trade him. They do this all the time. All the time. The Twins do it all the time, man. How many times have you seen them keep players besides Maurer? They never keep their players. They trade them away. They give them a contract, and they say, you know what? After two years, uh, we'll get rid of them. We'll wait, bring them Who's fr- Who was the last one they did that to? Um... Who do I? I mean, I'm trying to I think. Justin
3: Morneau. Justin Morneau. Yeah, I think they traded him in season. I thought to Colorado. Yeah, I I don't remember. I want to say thirteen, thirteen. I would 14? have to look. Yeah, but I mean, I yeah, but...
2: yeah but they did. Yo-
3: they did. Johan yo- Santana to to the Mets. They
2: always do it. They 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 give these guys. They 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 build these guys up. They give them Are extensions. And then they trade him. Yeah, yo, I, mean, I, I think it was because uh, Kanier was kid, a free agent. Who's the kid that they, they they like they traded for to Toronto recently? The pitcher. Barrios. Barrios was another guy. I mean, that that he, they, the, the Jays signed him with the contract. The, they traded him the, at the, the trade J's deadline, extended. but the Jays yeah. gave him a new contract. Yeah, but they yeah. Tra- they traded him, and 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 he was a young, talented arm that they had in their uh, their rotation. Who they drafted? Who this is what they do. They never they have players and they just trade them away. They said, oh, he's he's good. Okay, I'll. I'll trade you him and I'll take two far I'll take two of your best farm hands and they turn out to be nothing. And then, and then they they go back on the, but I will say this about the Twins. Over the years, over the last couple of years, even when they trade away pieces, they still find a way to win. But they're also in the worst division in baseball. So they're
3: just one streaky year to year, they're never like terrible except for the the um what was it, 2018 or 2019? One yeah. of those years. They were one year they were terrible right after they followed fired Molitor, but beyond that, they're always at least competitive.
2: I I think they're going to trade Buxton. I I do not right now, but I, I'd say like like a year from now. Uh, you know, they, they're they're trying to rebuild again, and they'll they'll just say, you know what. We'll put him on the trade market. We'll see what we can get, we can get for him. Right. He's worth it. I mean, he's, they only gave him a hundred million dollars for a player like that. That's
3: I wanted the Mets to trade that, for him last that's, year. That's, that's I a penny. That. That's
2: a penny to them. Mm-hmm. So, um, the Mets? Are you kidding me, Uncle Stevie? I, at
3: the time last year, remember everyone everyone wanted them to trade for Donaldson from the Twins, and I'm like, no, I wanted Taylor
2: Rogers and I wanted Byron Buxton because I knew. <laughs> I mean. I mean, everybody wants. He's a center fielder that has power. I mean, he has 15 yeah. home runs already. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. he, he, how many? How many incentives in that contract? Oh, so absolutely, like hundred mil. But
4: like, if he gets like certain MVP votes, that contract could go up a lot.
2: Absolutely, he's he's amongst the best power hitters in baseball right now. He is 28 years old, so he's he's getting up there in age as far as baseball years. So. Uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. As everybody knows, we are talking to draft champion, host, and fantasy baseball analyst, Roto-Dr. Zach.
3: All right. I want to go back to what you quote tweeted earlier in the afternoon. So, revealing you will be revealing many secrets on how the Mets keep their pitchers so healthy.
2: Interesting. That is a very <laughs>
3: interesting statement. I, I, as a Mets fan, I'm optimistic but also could believe you're joking. So, what is your thinking on why they've done better with that this well, year? So
4: good. They've, they've kept the super healthy. Um, Taylor McGill and they're like it's great. I, lo- I love what they're doing in uh with McGill. They're de- when he says like my body feels good, they just listen to the player's body. Like, like pretty basically, like they, they're saving money on on their medical staff because they just listen to the players and, and and the players can just tell them when they're healthy. Like Degrom, he's like I'm I'm just going to pitch now. Like Lauer, he's like yeah no you know what, I think I'm just going to pitch. Then, uh, they let him pitch and then he got hurt. And then Scherzer, of course, like. Like, his neck was, like, uh, hanging on by a thread uh, winning the World Series, what, like, a couple of years ago? Mm Mm-hmm. And they thought it was a good idea to sign him for, like, $40 million a year.
3: (laughs) I already said – I'd rather have that than five years and get $30 million.
2: I want to tell you something, man, Zach. I've been saying this since the day we found out that the Mets gave him – the biggest, uh, the biggest contract in Major League history, forty three. What is it? 43 million? Forty three million on three 40, years. Forty three yeah. million a year. I said that this guy. Everybody, we had so many guys. We had a Washington writer on the show. What's her name again? Oh, Britt Gerold. who yeah. knows him very, very well. We have Charlie Slows, who's a good friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, his son does a show on a network, and he he's a good friend of the show. He told me Max never gets hurt. And what happens? You know what? Thirty games into the season. He gets hurt, and he's out for six to eight weeks. So I, I, you, you just, I, I can't stand listening to people, especially Mets fans, tell me that. And I, I don't have anything against the Mets as a Yankee fan. I really don't. I, for for Mets fans to think, Gary, sit here and tell me that that was a good contract. That was a horrible contract. And if Max Scherzer <laughs> does not win a World Series with this team in the next year or two, what a wasted mo- a wasted time and a wasted bunch of money that uncle stevie's throwing to him so yeah. that's my opinion so i don't know i agree but uh as a, so so going back into the baseball season and and i you know seeing that the angels out of, out of nowhere uh decided to part ways with madden and i i don't understand it i i i can't wait to find out what was going on in that locker room because it doesn't make any sense after 12 games on a 12-game losing streak that you just, hey, I'm just going to get rid of one of the best managers in baseball. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, what are your thoughts to this team? I mean, they're on a 14-game losing streak. They have the best player in baseball. They spent loads of money. They had the MVP of the league last year who has pitched like garbage. What are your thoughts to this team?
4: I think they could be one of the worst managed or managed or whatever um, worst I guess call it management. I'm referring yeah. to the manager, franchise in baseball. Um, they seem to collect all of the pitchers that just want their UCLs to fall off somehow. <laughs> Every single pitcher they have. Like from going back to Garrett Richards, they tried to have him not get Tommy John surgery for what, like two years? And then mm-hmm. he finally had to have it. They they signed Noah Syndergaard. Like you, uh, you as a Mets fan, Speedy Petey, yes. Like you, you, you must, you must know that that's going to end in a disaster. <laughs> Michael Lorenzen, you know he's not going to stay healthy.
2: Don't forget um, about Darvish. <laughs> who? Darvish. <laughs> no, they didn't.
4: Say that. Was, oh, I, I forgot he was, was on the Texas. Dodgers. That was Texas yeah, too. Texas, and yeah. Texas yeah, That's no, right. It wasn't that's Darvish. Right. I don't even know who else they have there. They oh, they got Detmer, who's been okay as a
2: rookie. Who's the kid that? Um, uh, who's the kid that uh, went to the Boston Red Sox last year? Peterson? Uh, Was it Peterson? uh, No, it was Garrett Richards. He said Garrett Richards. It was Garrett
4: Garrett Richards. Richards. Yeah, Yeah. Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards, yeah. 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 He's a disaster. Otani, I don't know if he's going to stay healthy as a, as a pitcher. He's yeah. already They've already hurt him. It only took like a year to, for them to, to break Otani. He's back now and fantastic. Uh-huh. But with Madden, I saw the interview with Trout, and Trout was saying, like, you know what? Baseball, people come and people go. And uh-huh. That's it. So he was very, like, unsympathetic uh-huh. uh, right after, in the wake of the, the what's it called, the Madden firing. Uh-huh. So I think, like, just looking at that interview, I think Trout hated the guy, uh-huh. to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just, I just—I just reading like reading the reading his like body language. He just did not give a fuck that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can say that here, No, you can did,
2: say that. Yeah, that's fine.
4: He 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 wanted him gone. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Yeah, there's some, it was something weird. Probably something weird behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but didn't I don't know? Maybe he lost the clubhouse. He hasn't He's been. He had, Trout's comments.
2: Trout hasn't been hitting the ball very well either this season. I mean, I've been very. I, this is on Trout like, and, and 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 to me. Uh, I, he's on. He's in a slump right now, and uh, as everybody knows, we are talking to uh, draft champion, host, and fantasy baseball analyst, Roto-Dr. Zach, but uh, I, I think Trout has just been not Trout-like, and, and the fact that Major League Baseball, I, I looked at the list of MVPs, and Trout's number one, and Judge is number two right now. That's ridiculous. I I know that everybody loves Trout and that's why I said this and I'll say it again. If Trout played last year and Otani had the season that he had, he he had Trout still would have won the MVP. I, I but because Guerrero played for the Blue Jays, I'll say this again. I think Guerrero was the MVP of the league last year. I I believe that. I I and I I don't care what anybody tells me. Like I almost had a tri- he was up for a triple crown at one point last year and he mm-hmm. he, he never got he, he, he he never... How many number one votes he had? He had none. I think he had yeah, all the number two votes. Unanimous. So...
4: Say it, 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 it on Twitter and you get crucified. I know. By
2: all the Otani what?
4: boys
3: on do, Twitter.
2: Dude, well, do you know Fox took our... Uh, Fox took a, a bunch of our stuff and put it in a whole uh, – what, what, what did they do? It was a
3: video reel of different highlights, but Fox also different tweets us, yeah. and like all different things. They and-
2: loved our take on uh, Otani and Guerrero. It was a 15-minute take, and they took and they put it on a thing for the World yeah, Series. Yeah, it was a
3: documentary of the MVP yeah. race between the two of them.
2: Yeah, they loved really? it. Yeah, they loved it, and they thought we, we had a good take on it. And I, I thought – I don't care what anybody says. I thought Guerrero was the best player all season long. He's the everyday player. I know everybody loves that, that he's the, ba- you know, Otani's the Babe Ruth of, you know, baseball right now. And that's fantastic. If you look at his ERA and you look at his whip last year and his wins to loss percentage and all that other stuff, he was not even in the top 10 in almost every single statistic in pitching. If you're in a top 10 in every st- statistic and you're hitting like that, then I understand why you made him the MVP. He wasn't a great pitcher last year. He was an okay pitcher. He was a great power hitter last year. So if you want to say that, he didn't even hit over 300. I think he was 268 or something like that. Uh, Two. Yeah, to Guer- Guerrero, who hit over 300. He had uh, 100 and what, 120, 130 RBIs. And he had, uh, what, 40-something home runs. So uh, to me, I, I I didn't make any sense how Guerrero... Didn't win the MVP, but you know what? That's what baseball writers do. They make you and they 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 make you think what they think that they know. But the truth is, when you watch the eye test and you saw what Guerrero did all season long, and maybe he's not. A great defensive player. He's not a bad defensive player. He was
3: better than expected. Yeah. So Otani didn't do anything defensively, really. No. He but, did. It, he did it with more with base running though. Too. He stole a yeah. base and scored runs. Though.
2: His WAR was very high. I yeah. mean, if you look at his Otani, wall, And his uh, runs created he was hit high a too.
4: Um After the home run derby, which after like this for the second half of the year, he he was hitting like in the two twenties. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty bad. He he just he just accumulated such a hot start, mm-hmm. Otani, that just everyone had it in their head. All, and he pitches? Oh my God, he pitches too. But no I, I I'm kind of with you like that it, the race is closer than people made it seem, mm-hmm. but um I don't know I'm not here saying that that Otani's not the MVP. but he wasn't I, I think I, I kind of agree with your take he wasn't um, in he general. wasn't
2: I don't care what anybody says I'm going to cut you off he wasn't the MVP. I don't care what anybody says we've talked to so many writers, dude we had guys that actually voted for Otani to be they were writers in the baseball, and I thought it was a joke that. That that nobody gave him number one votes. Nobody. When this guy, sure. I think well, almost uh, 75% of the season, he was at one point uh, had a chance to win the triple crown in the American League. And they still were saying Otani was the MVP. I'm sorry when a player has that kind of season and I, I'm not a blue Jays fan. Okay. But I, I I think Guerrero is one of the best players. The baseball has seen in a very long time. And he's going to, he's going to win multiple MVPs. I just feel like they just, they did him dirty. They did him dirty. Yeah. Like I I
4: hear you. I I don't know if it's it's tough. I think it's a lot closer than the, the voting results were personally, but, um, Otani had, uh, he, he put up a lot of numbers, but uh, a lot of those numbers were the, uh, in the beginning of the year. Sort of like what Bellinger did in his MVP season. Like he just had that incredible April, like 14 home runs in April. And since like that, I think since that April of his, or no, I think it's like halfway through. If you take, it, I think he won the MVP in what, 2019?
3: He was 19. 19. And, and he probably doesn't win it either if Yelich doesn't get hurt at the end of the year either. Because yeah, right. could have won back to back very easily. Yeah.
4: That's so, right. did hundred. Even cut that season in half and take it like when like he had an incredible start. Mm-hmm. Since then, he's been like fucking shit, mm-hmm. like terrible for like like he's been terrible for like three like full full years almost. Yeah, and people are still banking on that comeback.
2: Listen, listen to these numbers. He he. He had 123 runs last year, which was most in baseball. He had 48 home runs, most in baseball. He had, he had uh, His on-base percentage was 401, most in baseball. Slugging percentage, 601, most in baseball. OPS, 1.002, most in baseball. OPS plus, 167, most in baseball. TB, 363, most in baseball. This guy had 48 home runs, 111 RBIs, and 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 it only struck out 110 times. This guy was the MVP of baseball last year. I don't care what anybody tells me. So,
4: so Daniel, you sold me. I, I agree. You
2: no, know, <laughs> it, it, it just it, it just bothers the hell out of me that nobody gave him number I understand you want to give it to Otani? he's the babe Ruth of baseball. I the fact that he had not one number of first place vote is disgusting and 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 it just shows that <laughs> I if I was him I would say you know what this th- this is a prima donna game you want to but I bet you if Mike Trout played last year and he had anywhere close to those numbers he would have been the MVP 110% they would have gave it to him they were they're ta- right now they're saying that Mike Trout is 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 in the lead right now for MVP and his numbers are not even close to Aaron Judge right now not even close so it it's just that just shows you what the baseball writers do. Look at the baseball writers did to Aaron Judge's rookie season. Look what they did to him on that one. I mean, I mean, did everybody think that a a a, what's it? Tufé. a, a Tufé was well, better than Aaron he Judge? He cheated, so obviously not. Even if he cheated, he didn't have better numbers than Aaron Judge's rookie season. Cheating. Yeah, it just it's 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 horrible. I I think these voters are assholes. That's what I think they are. And, and if I was a, if I was a player, I I'd say, look, Albert Bell, we talk about this all the time. Albert Bell was one of the greatest baseball players of the late nineties, early two thousands. He was fantastic. Okay. His seven years was better than as good as Ken Griffey juniors, as good as Barry Bonds has been. Go look at the numbers. They don't lie. And this guy should be in the Hall of Fame, and he'll never see the Hall of Fame. Jeff Kent, one of the greatest second basemen of all time. He, 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 even though he had a big mouth, how many power-hitting power second basemen have the numbers as Jeff Kent does? But he'll never go to the Hall of Fame either. I don't know. Keith Hernandez, we were talking about that today, me and Josh. Why isn't Keith Hernandez in the Hall of Fame? Why? Because he was sniffing Coke every game? Give me a break. It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's disgusting what these baseball. But then you have guys like Harold Baines, okay, in the Hall of Fame because Tony La Russa is on the you know the the the, what do they call it the committee committee. the committee or or some uh, Lee the 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 relief pitcher Lee Smith Lee Smith uh, you know he he's a Hall of Fame. Are you kidding me? And, And you're you're not gonna you're not gonna let these guys. I, Don Mattingly, I would say he's not a Hall of Famer because he had he needed three more years of, of good baseball to get in. But Keith Hernandez, you know, you know guys like that, they should be in the Hall of Fred Fame. Fred McGriff was the other big Fra- one. Fred so, McGriff yeah. too. Yeah. Five, five overall. Of, what? Almost four ninety three. Four ninety three. Because he doesn't have five hundred home runs, he's <laughs> yeah, not going okay, to Hall of yeah. Fame. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It's right. disgusting. Even Chipper Jones, the other day talked about it. Right, he was mentioning players that should be in the Hall of Fame and how. But they're go, they're going to let some of these other guys right now in these days because pitchers don't need three hundred wins anymore to make it to the Hall of Fame. They're going to make them Hall of Famers because a) they were dominant and they have one hundred and twenty three wins, and that's what the way baseball is going. It's
4: stupid. It What's great about fantasy baseball? I'm sorry, none of this. Fucking matters. No, I know. I know. And you don't have to worry about all these fucking idiots mm-hmm. doing all these votes for people. And like you're saying, absolutely for stupid reasons. You just got to play. You play the game, and you control. Well, you don't control it all. You got players. Got to perform. You're lucky. You yeah. You, you, pick you, you, you pick the players you want. And that's what's so great about fantasy baseball. How Listen are you doing? Baseball podcast. They don't want to fucking hear about the Hall of Fame. They don't care about the <laughs> they, they just want They just want to make some money. Uh, gambling on sports. So how
2: are you, how are you doing with your fantasy team? I, because we're, we're, you know, before it's we like let this you This year, so yeah. far so good.
4: Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of misses. Uh, play, I play, I have over a hundred teams, mm. which might blow your mind. Wow. Got a lot um, of I've money got, invested in that. They're all like decent buy-ins. Um, so it's a lot to manage. Um, every Sunday doing the fab and then every Monday setting your lineups. So, um, I who like I got a lot of, a lot of Byron Buxton. Um not a lot of your Yankee guys, not a lot of Mats, um, but um, just for fantasy purposes, um, who's been really good? Like I, I got a lot of Kyle Wright really okay. on the Braves, so he's been a big hit for me. And then um, I've uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm, fir- I'm in first in a lot, but I'm also like with 100 leagues, you're you're in last lot. So a lot of the in, in the NFBC they have um, overall competition, so you're you're in leagues of 15 players, but then there's also like 50 50 leagues all pulled together, so there's like 700 players in the same like contests, so there's big money to win the overall. So it's still really early, hard to tell. But I'm like, I have got a lot of teams. I got a bunch of teams that are in the hunt right now. So that's it's fun.
2: As everybody knows, we are talking to Draft Champion, host and fantasy baseball analyst, Roto Doctor uh, Zach. Um, last question for me. I, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? Is this what you do for a living? You, uh, you oh. do fantasy. What do you, What do you do for a living? I, I never asked. I so
4: am uh, a CPA. I'm an accountant.
2: Really good for you, man. I mean. Yeah. I uh, so you you are you know you have one of those jobs that keep you busy with numbers and now you're a numbers guy with fantasy. So I could see why yeah. you're a fantasy guru because you're a numbers guy.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't say a guru, but um, uh, yeah, I play a lot of fantasy and it's uh yeah. so it's it's a time consuming hobby.
2: Well you're you're obviously a doctor, so you might as well be a guru. So we'll just exactly. call you Doctor Guru Zach, okay? <laughs> Anyways, we really appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, I know you were, you were very very busy. Sorry for your softball game. Really appreciate you, and <laughs> uh, we would love to get you back on uh, very very soon. Um, follow us on our social media. We'll follow you, especially me. Follow, but Speedy will send yeah, you my um, thing. I'll throw
4: you guys a follow. I'll oh, follow yeah. your. Um... The um, network,
2: yeah, tw- Twitter too. I, it's the only social media I really go on, and I, I people complain. I was just telling you're 4,000 followers that are,
3: you only tweet th- once a month. They, they
2: tell me all the time, they're like, We follow you, we we know you're a crazy SOB. Why aren't you posting things? And I, I tell them, I was like, What do you want me to say? You want me to take a picture of me taking a dump and, and, and post it up on? No, we really media? don't. I mean, what do you want me to do? But I, I'm going to start to interact more with the people on Twitter. I think people would really like my thoughts of what's going on in sports but uh, and me adding a little two, two cents and stupidity to it. So, uh, But we really appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks again. Happy to do it. As everybody knows, uh, we were just talking to draft champion host, fantasy baseball analyst. Roto-Doctor, Zach, but uh, nice kid, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, Where did you find him, Speedy? Right. Yeah, I, she, he followed me on Twitter a
3: while ago. Oh, awesome. and I, I figure a fantasy baseball guy. We, don't have, we didn't have a lot of them for a while. We had a lot of fantasy us, football guys. Leave you,
2: could, you, could, you, could, you could stay on if you want. but
3: uh, we're, we're just really rounding out the end of the show. Yeah. You can stay on if you no, want. No, no, no. <laughs> All right, boys.
2: I'm going to
4: take off. Thanks again.
2: Yes, Thank thanks you, for joining man. us. Man. Nice kid. Nice kid. But, um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I found him. Yeah, I really just found him among, among my many fantasy follows, and he was one of the baseball ones. I figure it's baseball season right now. See if we can get him on. He he couldn't do it a couple of weeks ago. I was trying to get him on, and uh, this time was, I thought he had a softball game. <laughs> that was why he was late. And he's and
2: from, he, he's, from Toronto. he's
3: from he's from he's T- from Canada. I'm not sure if it's Where's directly Toronto. It says it just says Ontario on his bio. So I'm he lives not sure in but, Ontario. Yeah, but yeah, I could def- I, you could definitely tell obviously him being, being a Blue Jays fan, but uh, you could you could definitely tell with the uh, the Canadian.
2: The... I love Canada. Yeah, I would. I would actually move to Canada if if I had an opportunity over there, radio wise. I, I would move there.
3: Yeah, but you could tell, like he was mentioning all the Canadian roots of a lot of the players that we were talking about. So if they were Canadian, so so yeah, he's he's from the Ontario area, mm-hmm. obviously a Blue Jays fan. So hopefully, my uh, fantasy Blue Jays can start picking it up, and maybe Zach's magic will make that work.
2: How about uh, you know using some cupcakes? Oh. You know. There, snug, That's all you. No, but you you said that you wouldn't mind hanging out with his pussy.
3: Oh my god!
2: You did say that, right? <sighs> did you and not say that? I'm not. I lying. said I would not
3: mind sitting in his room with him and his six cats. Sure, no, his pussy. Oh my god! Yes, if you want to twist it that way, sure. That's what they are, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So
2: why are you getting so angry?
3: Because you're you're going for a different context.
2: No, I'm not. You you. No, I'm really not. You're hitting meanings. Meetings what? You, you meanings. I have not said anything wrong about this. You said that you wouldn't mind hanging out with his seven or six pussies, right? Sure. All right, so why, so why am I getting attacked on this? Because you didn't pluralize it at first. So I have to pluralize pussies it?
3: Pussies sounds like a context that wouldn't get thrown off.
2: I, no context, no. I... He just speed. Look, Snug even said it. Speedy, iPad pet pussy every day. No yes, I'm deal. sure
3: you do, Snug.
2: <laughs> he does. He's got his pussy cats. Yes, yeah, they are exactly. Right? So, what's wrong with that?
3: Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything wrong. So why are, wrong. I'm not saying anything's so wrong so with some twi- cats!
2: So why are you twisting it to a bad thing that I'm saying? Because you said it singular, which could cause a different meaning. Mm-hmm. Well, a different meaning for you. Not no, for a me. different meaning
3: for people that
2: think that way. No, I, I think you... And always, aren't thinking of cats. You're always thinking that I'm thinking something disgusting. That's all I'm saying. I have never like yes, I say crazy things, and i i I throw things, I throw a curveball at you all the time, but you just uh we were just talking about pussy and, and, and pussy cats, yeah, you know what I mean, okay, and all i said all I said is that y i would you go hang out? At Snug's place, and I said yes. Uh, yes, I, I said yes. All right, as so long as the cats were not sitting on me. No, you didn't say that. We were, we were talking about we were talking about his pussy cats. So I asked okay. I said, pussy. You could, can't you say it without saying that word? Is that? just well, say cats. Is but, that, they pussycats. but they are pussy. Okay, fine. All right. So what's wrong with that?
3: They could be cats without being pussy cats.
2: Really? I mean, that's what they're called. So they're not wild cats. Okay, if you want to specify a difference pussycats. of that. Wild pussy cats. Okay. Do you like wild pussycats?
3: Yes, Snug, I will be gentle with your cats if that
2: scenario ends up happening itself. All right. uh, Are you going to, you know, actually walk, you know, naked in a room? No! All right, so that's what I'm just asking you, man. There was nothing brought up about being naked, so you did. No, I didn't. You've walked around your house naked with your dog, and he's done some nasty things to you. He blindsided me. That's what they call it, blindsided. Next thing you know it, he'll do it again. I hope not. Wow, you didn't like it? You didn't enjoy no! it? No! All right. Well, I'm just asking you. Uh, you know, Speedy, come out west, and I'll take out and show you a good time. He wants to show you a good time.
3: Okay, Sluck.
2: He also wants to hang out with his pussy. Congratulations. So, anyways. Anyways, great show. Uh, Garrett Price, thank you. Uh, Zach. Uh, who uh, you know came in late, but we really appreciate him showing up. Uh, uh, thank you to the beef with his stupidity, okay, um, and 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 just stupidity too. I, I tried to uh, didn't I not ask them to keep it PJ thirteen? Yeah, but they they took it no, too. <laughs> not gonna A happen with Jeff. Rated R. Yeah, not gonna
3: not gonna happen with Jeff. <laughs>
2: It was a rated R show tonight, and, yeah. and Garrett Price enjoyed it. I mean, he really enjoyed it. He, but...
3: he, he, his his part of the show was probably the least rated R.
2: <laughs> uh, i he. he says, "Don't ever think the beef." Why not? The beef was great. <laughs> he was. I just thought he was a little crazy. You know? Did you not think he was? Oh, no, of course or? he's crazy. I, I mean, and and then Jeff calls up, and it was so funny. I, I I'm not gonna. The way he said it, he says, yeah, I want to meet your father so I can kick the crap out of him. So because he gave birth to you. And that that pissed off Jeff. And then Jeff called up and he says, You wanna bring families into this? And da, 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 da. and then he attacked his mom and Oh God. Those those guys just need to, you know, get in the ring, you know? How about now we'll have the Beeve versus Jeff and Tyler being the referee. What do you think about that? Again, we've gone over this scenario many times. Jeff Jeff, Jeff would
3: just try to attack one of them anyway. You think so? Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff said he was. Jeff, Jeff said he would. Know. I see, don't know. If but Jeff, Jeff could, said he would attack Tyler the first time he saw she, Tyler. Could, the Beef said he would attack Jeff the first time he saw Jeff. So I there'd be see, just a bunch of
2: counter. Approaches. I could see Jeff go after the Beef, and then Tyler go under the ring, pull or go out under something, take I don't a know, chair. Jeff said he would go after Tyler. So I don't know. I don't think so because the Beef would d- jump on his back and choke him.
1: You know, yeah. I, uh,
2: it depends on. It depends. I, I'm not the
3: strategy expert here, but again, I, would do, I guess it would just depend on which uh, if if Jeff is more that would be a
2: funny fight. By the
3: way, yeah, all, if, all three of them. If Jeff a triple, is more incentive
2: right, right, right away to go after Tyler or not? A triple threat match with Jeff, uh, Tyler, aka the Mothball. <laughs> Stuck says the
3: beef versus coleslaw. And the beef. Stuck <laughs> says the beef versus coleslaw. Tyler versus
2: Jeff. No, I, I think it would be a funny fight. Could you imagine? I could see Tyler and the Beef pan- tanning together, even though they hate each other, to go after Jeff. Who do you think <laughs> would win that fight? Who do you think would come out the winner? I don't That'd know. I'd be interested. I,
3: I get I think Jeff's, Jeff's strategy would be the wild card because he, sa- he said himself, if he ever saw Tyler, he would go after him. But the Beef also said he would he would
2: knock Jeff out for the first time we saw him. So Lyle would not want in on that action. <laughs>
3: By the way, no, Lyle will get smothered in that action.
2: Lyle doesn't want any part of anything. I mean, I, I, I think Lyle just needs to get back into his wrestling show because he hasn't done it forever. Yep, Brittany's right. Triple threat match that would be great. I would love to see, have like a triple threat ladder match. You know, and the, the the winner has to get to the top to get the chair to beat the other person up with it. What do you think? <laughs> it would be funny. Could you imagine Jeff, who's like six three, two hundred and eighty pounds, try to climb a uh, climb, try to climb a ladder to get to a chair on the top of the ladder, and you see the beef like, <laughs> but the beef will blame the
3: refs no matter what uh, happens. He, though. But
2: it was the waffle <laughs> Wee. <laughs> <laughs> Wef. <laughs> if and he then wins, Tyler. oh, I
3: should have wanted three, but I wanted six because of the weffees.
2: And then Tyler would be wearing his 4X t-shirts because he doesn't want anybody to see his body. And Jeff would probably try to use it as a parachute. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Again, Jeff's strategy is the ultimate wild card. <laughs>
2: Those two guys, man. I, I, I will say this. The, them three together, it, I, we should make Josh the, the referee. Okay. You know why I would say Josh? Because Josh doesn't shut up, and, and and both of them, I could see Josh like you know standing against Jeff, just watching. They all three of them would take Josh. They they would all try to beat Jeff. They all would try to. Like, they would make sure Jeff loses that fight.
3: Hmm.
2: You know, I could see it because Josh has his differences with Jeff. So does the Beeb. I think Josh the... has his
3: differences with all three of them though. So I don't I don't know if he's actually the. I think in the he band. has
2: more of his differences with Jeff. Okay. I think, you know, I, I, he's not fond of the beef. He, he's not. Okay. Even, even though the beef helped him. He did help him move. Uh, you know, yeah, a, a, So
3: that, that eventually went for uh, his uh, his wife's sister.
2: Well, he, it was so funny. I'll tell you guys a funny story before we go. Uh, the beef actually met Josh through, you know, through me because Josh bought a fire, you know, uh, not a fire, a uh, barbecue. And we had to go to Farmingdale to meet Josh to pick up that barbecue and the beef just got his truck. So I asked the beef, if he can do it and beef is always helpful. He'll help anybody. He's a good guy. He really is. He's good to cook kind and hard. So he met the beef. So as we were driving home uh, back to his house, he was talking about his sister-in-law and you know, the beef has this thing like, you know, he, when you talk about a girl or any of that, you know, somebody, if, if she's half decent. So, Josh showed him a picture of his sister-in-law and B was like, Oh yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, hanging out with her. And so Josh went back and I, I kept telling I was trying to tell Josh, I don't know if this is a good idea. So he goes back and then he meets Josh's wife, Melissa, and says, you know, you know, Josh, Josh's wife is very, very sweet. And he was like, Oh, she's not bad. Well, there's other stuff. So, so, so are we? You know, Josh says I'll I'll talk to my sister-in-law and I'll I'll try to hook him. You know, I'll try to hook you up. So we're leaving and we're driving back. To speak, you know, he's taking me back home. And the beef tells me, you know, if if I ever you know get with his, you know, <laughs> if I ever get with his sister-in-law, what that would make me and Josh brother-in-laws. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's a scary thought. <laughs> Why, you never even met the girl. You haven't even been on a date. You're talking about being his brother-in-law. Yeah. I love the beef. He's fucking hilarious. Excuse my language. He really is. Stuck says if the beef
3: was such a good guy, he would ban himself from the show from for his awful takes. It is just cruel of Josh it. to do that. First to the of all, poor the beeve's
2: takes are not awful. Okay, they're not awful. He just says he blames the referees when the Rangers lose. That's about it. And the Mets sometimes. Oh,
3: with the Mets he'll blame Edwin Diaz. Oh, and Diaz the Cowboys, and the Cowboys. No, no. No,
2: not the not the Mets. It's more the Cowboys and the the Rangers. It's always the whiffs. It's always the Leafs.
3: Stark also says it's just cruel of Josh
2: to do that to that poor woman. <laughs> oh, stop. There's nobody as nice as the beef. says
3: <laughs> by obsessed Heat and Kenny as ring girls.
2: <laughs> How could you imagine that? Oh, God. <laughs> could you imagine Kenny as a ring girl? <laughs> I, I mean, the last time that. he was on this show, he was smoking wax. <laughs> I know. Whatever happened to him? Is he dead? I mean, Who like, seriously. Uh, we should reach out to old Kenny. Is he still doing his podcast on no YouTube? Idea. You have his
3: number. I I, I, I,
2: I got to find out what's going on with Kenny, man. I Kenny's like, I don't know. He, he dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, <laughs> he would call up and talk about Eli Manning when Eli Manning was retired like two years. Yeah. He was like, I'm like, oh, you think Eli Manning's going to have a good year? I'm like, dude, Eli Manning is retired. Right. <laughs> I'm just He's, Kenny, he please call this show. <laughs> that's what Snugs. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back next week, full show, full guest, everything. Uh, listen to the weekend crunch. It's on one hundred three point nine FM. Um, as everybody knows, on Saturdays at seven p.m. Now that the Islanders are done for the season, the Rangers are not, but could be done on Saturday. By the way,
3: we'll get to be the little bit of
2: a pregame for the Ranger game right? yeah. if they are and at eight p.m. Like they, I think yeah. they will be. Yes, sir. Um. Yeah, so uh tune in. If you're you're not you don't live on Long Island uh and you can't listen to him, uh listen to us on the FM dial. You can go to iHeartRadio and check us out. But uh great show. Thank you to Garrett Price from Dynasty Nerds uh, and uh podcast um, and also uh rotor doctor himself, Mr. Fantasy Man Zach for joining us uh, a little bit later in the show. So Thank you to you both. Thank you for no PG 13, but P- <laughs> rated R. Back and forth banter from the Beeve and the great and powerful nut job, Jeff. So thank you. Um, great show. Um, be back next week. Good night.
0: It is it, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.